The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Friday! Welcome in, everybody! Sports take on this beautiful Friday. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. What's up, my man? What's the deal? Uh, What's the deal? How y'all doing today, man? Friday, man. Friday, bro. Gotta be doing good. You gotta See, be doing good. You know, Rob, on Monday, remember you were talking about how um when we when we look at um when we when we look at uh, the days of the week, people look at a Monday like it's um you know blah day. Yeah. But I feel just as good today as I did on Monday, to be honest. You know, you got it figured out, man. You got life all figured out. You're good. I well, like it. Well, see, today, you know, I have to pick up my my, my grandson. I pick up my grandson from preschool at three thirty, okay. and I love seeing he's got this backpack. He he's dinosaurs everything. He's this a dinosaur guy. All right, kid can pronounce every dinosaur you can think of. I can't even pronounce half the names of these dinosaurs. <laughs> So between my my wife, my oldest daughter, and his mom, they buy him all. I mean, these things sharp dinosaur T-shirts. He has a dinosaur backpack. Yeah. When he sees me, he has his backpack almost big as he is. Now he's a little dude, three years old. He comes running down the hall, and I'm thinking, please don't fall in your place, face. Please, <laughs> please don't fall in your face. So I get to pick him up at three thirty today, and then the eleven month old granddaughter's coming. We're keeping her tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Pray for us because I'm telling you, man, getting up at three or four in the morning and five in the morning and you know, hey, hey, yeah, I hey, don't hey, miss hey, those hey. days. I don't hey. miss. I I don't miss hey. the. My son was up. At, my firstborn is my son. He was up every hour yeah. and a half. Hour and a half when he when we first took him home from the hospital. My daughter's screamer. Night. Was he a screamer? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was, and I was working like uh, night shift, so I was working like Ooh. whatever you call it, second shift, I guess. Then, so I was working like three to eleven thirty ish. So, well, yeah, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's, it's all good, but I, so I would stay up with him. Oh man. I come home from work and I would just stay up. I wouldn't go to sleep. So I would stay up with him till like three or four and then I would go to sleep and then hand him off to my wife and then I would sleep through it till, you know, whatever. But that's, yeah, that's, it was crazy, man. Those days were, uh, were nuts. And then my daughter was good through the night. Boom. As soon as we got her home. Dude, dude, everybody's my, different man everybody's you know my oldest my oldest kid now my wife you know she had a c-section so we moved from milwaukee to pittsburgh less than two weeks after she was born damn and the doctors had told her you know you shouldn't be walking up and down stairs and stuff well we ended up in this townhouse in a great development where we had two levels of stairs you know one going to the basement uh and where, where the, the the um the delivery guys put all the boxes and then the first level, then the second level. Well, I had to hit the ground running starting a job at NBC in, in Pittsburgh the next day. Mm. So she's at home by herself most of the time. 
with this screamer. She would have to go down in the basement until I could get home to find the pots, the pans, the stuff she needed. And this kid was a screamer. When I say screamer, she didn't just cry. She screamed. She was a colicky baby. Yeah. She screamed like somebody was killing her. Well, I told you guys, we couldn't even go out and have dinner together. When we did go out, my wife would eat. I would be in the hallway with the baby. Right. When she would finish, and I, you know, we changed. It was like, and I'm thinking, why did we have two more after this? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it was that. You know, and then I'd come home because I was working a lot of night shifts, and I'd help I'd help my wife. So when the baby's crying at night, you know, just to give my wife some relief, I had the baby. I'm rocking the baby. Yeah. 1 30, 2 30 in the morning. That was me. That was me. See, yeah. yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So, and I do, didn't have to get up sometimes off a night shift and be back in office by 10, 11 the next day. Dude, some days I couldn't even feel my legs, man. Yeah. I, I was so, so bad. There's nothing like that feeling when you know, like you're looking at the clock and you're like, oh my God, I got to be up in two and a half. Yes. Hours. I am screwed. <laughs> I am screwed, man. Yes, dude. You'd be sitting at your desk like this. Yep. Hundred percent. I'm thinking I'm gonna get fired. I ain't gonna be here long. Uh, here. <laughs> That's life, well, we, though, man. We were there ten years. We were in Pittsburgh ten years, so it, mm-hmm. it worked out. And, and, and look at them now—the sweetest what? people in the world. The sweetest people in the world, man. Both, both your, uh, all your kids are the sweetest. It all people worked in the out, world, man. man. Yeah, yeah they're all yeah. great hey, kids. You know, I will say this. I, too, I will say right this. I will say, I will say this about my kids. Um, do they drive you nuts? Yes, you know. But I tell you what—the one thing I'm proudest of about these kids is that they're they're very very diversified in terms of talents different things they can do acting singing drawing art um and even to this day all three are in their 30s and they're well mannered like when he go places yes please no thank you in restaurants and we've had times when we've been out and sometimes the waiter waitress is like wow i'm not used to people saying yes please and no please you know and so that's one of the proudest things i am of about my kids is that we harped that we drilled it in them and we're doing the same thing with the grandkids, That's you know, great. my three-year-old That's grandson, great. you know, can you give me this? Can I give you this? What? <laughs> can you give me that? Please. So you mean it's, it's just repetition. <laughs> you know, you want something, you know, you better have some manners. So, you know, and, 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 my, and my kids and my, my, me and my wife, we harp on this stuff and, you know, eventually they'll get it, you know, yeah. but. Hey, that's so, the way it is. It, it's a lost art, unfortunately, but it's 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 important, man. Especially the way things are these days, that's for sure. Yeah, that's these kids. They have no type of no man understanding. No, of, of no. what it is to be around no. your elders or anything else. Yeah, no, there's no, there's a very little respect for older folks. There's an entitlement. Uh, not to sound like the you know the old men, right? It, it right. is. It's right. too much. It's true. It. Yeah, it's true. Well, see, Rob, you, you, you. At least you were you were stationary your whole life. You're from here, so your kids were raised here. You know, me and my wife have been mobile, mobile all yeah. of our marriage, you know, and we, you know, we got to know people that we consider family. But initially we leave our kids anywhere. It was just yeah. me and her. And for yeah. the most part, her, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and so it was tough, you know, because she's very close to her family. And I drug her away from her family. Um, and we just we made life. We made life on the road. We went from San Diego, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh mm-hmm. to here, you know, and it was it's tough. You know, you get you Poor miss the big family. Gun. I know. Poor trash is the gun, man. It's not right, man. I mean, poor sister, she, poor sister, gun. What, what, yes. what, what are you trying to say? I'm just saying, man. She, she you, just. I mean, you just ripped her from her family, man. And I then, know. And no regard. Know, hold on, right? Let's go. Hold, 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 hold on, just a second. Hey, Trish. Oh, uh, here we go. Barrett says, "Poor sister, gun. I ripped you from your family. Would you agree with that?" Yeah, he feels my pain. <laughs> Did you know what she said? <laughs> I thought she. Was, I thought, she would be a little more gentle with her response. 
He goes, yeah, he feels my pain. <laughs> you thought she was going to be on your side with your brother. No, no, yes, no. You I was, yes, you I was, did. I wasn't expecting her to be on, on my side because I've had to live it. I mean, you know, I understand. You know, she's very close to her family and missed out on a lot of big holidays, family get-togethers, and we made our own family yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. I understand, but I didn't think she would go straight for the jugular. <laughs> ripped. ripped for the headlines. But, yeah, man, I mean, just being around both of you guys' families, being around the yeah. kids, man, I mean, they're awesome, bro. They are awesome. You guys did a great job, man. They're awesome. I'm Look, I, 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 I even well, helped. So did I, you. I mean, right, you know. And and I'm, I'm sitting back, you know. This, see, it's not just your family, D-Gun. It's, 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 also, it's also Rob's family, bro. I'm at the game one time when we were at the baseball game, and um, his I see his son walking by. I'm like, hey, come here. <laughs> he has his boys with him. Yeah. Hey, come on in the suite with me. So they go in the suite, man. They crushed the food. They were looking for something. Yeah. Now, they were Marge, downstairs. I said, yeah, come on Marge, upstairs. Yeah, Marge's said, suite, yeah. Yeah, come on, come on, man. Marge, you know Marge is going to care. Come on, man, let's go in here. You know, uh -huh. so we go upstairs. We go in there. They crushed the food, man. When I left, but just before we left, there were crumbs. <laughs> there were crumbs wow. around. He, he would do, like, I'd either be at a game with him and we'd have, like, nosebleed seats. He'd be like, I'll be right back. I'm like, all right. Jeez. And I'm texting him, like, dude, where are you? I'm in the suite with Barrett. I'm like, what? Hey, you in the suite. I'm like, what? Hey, you know, hey, he's, like, he's like a picture of him and Barrett like, eating hot dogs. I'm like, what is going on here, man? Hey, hey, hey Rob. He's like, don't I'm, worry I'm... about it. It's all good. I'm like. Hey, Rob, I love, I love Barrett's wife. And I got to tell this story. This is like. I want to say five, six years ago. And I was, you know, starting to get to know Barrett real well. And so one day his wife pulls up. Oh, we were going to the Super Bowl. We're getting, we're getting right, ready to yeah, go to the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. And, and wife, his wife pulls up, you know, and, and I didn't know her that well then. And this was at a time when Barrett was going through negotiations and stuff for a contract, <laughs> right, right? right? So his wife pulls up. She looks at me, you know, we're just, we're just talking casually. And she looks at me. She goes, Diga, can you help my husband get more money? I'm like, uh, huh? She goes, because what he makes right now is lunch money. I fell out <laughs> laughing. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I'm like, okay. That's awesome, uh, man. That is awesome. Like, okay, yeah, there, uh, was, there was no easing into that one. No, no. <laughs> Boom. Oh. I love it, Oh, man. my goodness. Hey, there's something to be said for being direct, okay? Right, 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 right. You know, no sugarcoating. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Sanji, Sanji's the best. I mean, you look, you guys, are. we're all blessed, man. We are all blessed. That is real. What's up, everybody? I see everybody on there. So John took his son to the Phillies game yesterday. I guess John, John's oh, in Wisconsin. In Milwaukee. Okay. Uh, he says, uh, I'll throw it up there. We, we can check this out. Pretty cool. Uh, as we're going in, no one else is around. The, the old employ, uh, uh, Brewers employee says to me, we never boo our teams. I said, good for you. Okay. <laughs> What's up with your Brewer people taking see, shots, man? What's up with see, that? You know what? Because – we're just good Midwestern people, man. We have respect for our players. We understand they go through trials and tribulations in life. Oh we're not throwing we're not throwing snowballs at Santa Claus and Bro, you know, we're, no, we're see, not see you're wrong for what? that because, because what I realistically <clears throat> when I when I was in when I when I played for Green Bay, right? Like all oh, the they, big they name guys, oh, yeah, yes. all the big name guys had to have security with them. They couldn't just go to the just couldn't just go to the clubs and stuff. They would have mm -hmm. security with them wherever they went. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I've seen the guys that many guys with security with them. Going well, to, uh, but you see now you're tainting the story. They would have to have security because so many people would come up to them and always want their autographs. Not oh. like they were, were not like they were in fear of getting jumped or oh, you God. know starting a fight. See, yeah. 
Because we never see that kind of stuff in the Midwest. We didn't see that happen to a first base coach for the Chicago White Sox. (laughs) When it was a father-son duo who beat the guy almost senseless. We never see that kind of stuff. No, we don't see we don't have stuff in the Midwest, dude. Mm -hmm. We're good old we're just good old country folk in the Midwest. Okay, okay. Unlike you people on the East Coast where you gotta carry brass knuckles and chains and all this stuff. I'm just saying, man. Hey, I see, I see everybody. So James, James uh, took his little fantasy Jurassic Park. No, I did that's too. Nice. I saw it too. And no, we, he's telling do- he's telling me to take my little guy to go see Jurassic that's what Park. He's doing. I see Philly. I see Chris. Gigi, what's up, yeah. Eric? What's up, guys? Uh, yeah. So, and by the way, uh, hit the like button, folks. Um, later, Barrett and I are gonna are gonna get our our uh, Siskel and Ebert on. For, okay. For you, okay. You older folks who know what they they were movie reviewers back in the day. So Barrett, you're going to give the Jurassic uh, World a a review, and I'll give uh, I'll give Hustle, the Adam Sandler flick that was filmed in Philly. I watched that on Netflix last night. So Yo, I started our, watching it up, this morning, but I couldn't get through it. You see, okay. John, you see John Dickinson taking shots at Midwestern people. Look at this, <laughs> big folks. Ouch! They have a hard time breathing, so boom, I kill. Oh, really, John? That's where you want to go with this, bro? still, man, that's still the best joke I ever heard about what? Uh, uh, Green Bay dog at a three hundred pound. Um, and a, what do you Green call? Yeah, what do you call a three hundred pound <laughs> woman from Green Bay? Anorexic, dude. I'm telling you, that was one of the funniest things I'd ever heard. That's, that sounds like a Charles Barkley line. Like that dude. sounds like something Barkley. Well, Barkley, Bar- remember Barkley said San, that about uh, San, Antonio San Antonio women. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Bar- on TV, on national he TV, he took a lot of heat, man. He took a lot of heat for it. Oh, yep. my, he kept talking about how much he loved the churros, uh, a food. But he said <laughs> he kept. What's up, and, Baba Brooks? And they're, tra- and they're trying to tell Barkley, dude, don't say this. What's up? He Dave? kept talking, kept talking about big women in San Antonio. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like, are you nuts? Well, he, <laughs> see, he can sort of get away with it, but even now, it's even hard for Barkley. To get away with it like 10 15 years ago you could you can't now man those days are over oh no there's no, no. way you could do that you can't you no. can't get away with anything and, and chuck gets away with more than anybody but he oh, no can't get away yeah. with this stuff anymore man it's, no man it is a different ball game now man and no and look gg brings up and he's not wrong there, there's been some and, and look this is why i don't just label any one right, city right. or whatever but some really bad stuff in L.A., man, with, with Dodgers. Not just L.A., Oakland, San Francisco. Oakland, yeah. Yes. So, hey, look, it's every. Unfortunately, it's. Yes. I was. I saw. I was watching a video last night. So the um, Rangers Lightning game ends, and the, yep. and the Lightning yep. beat the Rangers in New York. And what a game! Yeah, oh, it was. It was a great game. And this this dude was minding his own business, and obviously, you don't know all the context of what happened before. But this right. dude, he's a Lightning fan. And he's he's literally he's just walking like they're leaving. He's getting he's exiting out. He's in the hallways in the corridor. He's kind of walking. Ranger fan walks up behind him, and and, and clocks him from behind. Dude never saw Jeez. and and not locked him out cold. Like the dude was out cold. Like man, out seriously. Now to other Rangers fans hurried over to, to you know assist the guy and all this. But like my my only point is, and it's not just all. It's everywhere, man. It, it is. But but that's why I've said time and time again, whether it's during a game, before a game, or after a game. If you get caught doing something that's stupid, you should never be allowed in a, in a sports venue again. Yeah. Ever. I mean, yeah, I not agree. just not just one season, but ever. Because what if the dude that did that hit the guy and knocked him out? What if he has kids? What what, what message are you sending your kids? Yeah. Okay. I don't care who you root for. When you go to a sports venue, a concert, or anything, it's to ju- go for pure entertainment. You should not be in fear of your life. Uh, or be, be in fear of wearing an op- opposing team's jersey 
Um, but some cities take pride in the fact that they intimidate other people when they come into your stadium. And I, I never understood that. You know what? If you're going to do that, stay home. Yeah. Stay home and watch the game. Well, there's, there's, um, <clears throat> there is a, it's a strange thing that, that takes place in, in ballparks or uh, stadiums or uh, arenas. And there's sort of a gang, a gang mob mentality too, but whatever. Like just because you bought a ticket doesn't give you the right. Then you sit there and boo, who cares? Boo, yeah, boo, boo, whatever you want. And, you know, hey, you know, what's your whatever. opinion? Get, get on somebody in a good way. That's, that's part of being a fan. I have zero issue with that part, but you start cursing at someone, it gets yeah, racial, you know, whatever. I mean, and you have kids sitting there. We all know what the line is. Right. But for some reason, like you would never do that to that dude's face. Like I'm sure people said stuff to Barrett in, in the stands. And if Barrett and that same individual are one on one, there's no way that dude's saying that. And that's no crazy. No. right. You know what I mean? Like that's the part of it that you're like, dude. You, first of all, you're gutless because you're doing. You yeah. know this guy can't react essentially, right? Or or yeah. And, and same thing. I, let me just not just guy. I'm probably sure it happens in the WNBA and women's sports too. But the, the all this kind of stuff that goes on. There's this like herd mentality where you you get your muscles and. You know, it's the same yeah, thing online. Yeah. It's the same thing that happens, you know, on social media, unfortunately, because that's really anonymity. But it's it, it's something that's got to change, man. There's something's got to give. I, I'll tell you what's the worst is is um, NBA games, and you know, fortunately and and unfortunately, <clears throat> we now have uh, the privilege of hearing a lot of stuff that goes on courtside. Now, you figure the people who sit closest to the court are supposedly the upper crust of society yep. because those tickets are $1,500, $3,000 a piece, you know? Yeah. And so those are supposed to be the, the elite of the elite in terms of fan base. And some of the stuff that comes out of their mouths to players now, and players will tell you, I don't care if you don't like me, I, I, you want to boo us and we're playing bad, more power to you. But some of the derogatory stuff that comes out of fans' mouths, and it gets to a point where some players – will actually turn and, and and engage them. Yeah. Because you hear some of the, the most the foulest language. Right. And what was it happened with uh Chris Paul uh in during his the playoffs his, this his year? Yeah. was in Dallas his, his uh I think it was his mom. Yeah. His mom and his, his wife. Yeah. Up, and a couple of his, his kids. mom and his wife. Yeah. They were there the fan and, came and, up and it was a kid. An 18 year old kid, yeah, young kid, yeah. young kid is, is harassing yeah. his family yep. to the point where you saw the video Chris Paul turns to the kid and says, you know what? I will be seeing you again. I will yeah. be seeing you yeah. again. Yeah. And, and no, unfortunately, you don't do that. No, and, and the other part is like his whole family had to like, – they couldn't stay and watch the rest of the game because of all that nonsense. Exactly. exactly. So, look, it just, it, it just goes back to, look, a lot of stuff that's going on in our world, man. But there's just a – there's a lack of respect for each other. And, you know, I, I think there's a, there's a lack of respect for human life, not to get too deep with some of the shootings that we have going on, but there's a lack of respect for your fellow man or woman as well. And we gotta, we gotta nip this in the bud, man, or else it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And I don't, the days of being tough are over with, man, that tough stuff don't work anymore, bro. I mean, you know, you used to be able to fist fight somebody. Now you can't even fist fight somebody. Nah, you beat no, somebody up now. You know no, they they trying no. to shoot you. It, it's it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. See, yeah, I'm, no, with, yeah. I'm with Big Sarge. Big Sarge in the comment section says, <laughs> "Bring back the court and jails like the old Eagle Stadium." I have no problem bringing. I wish every venue brought back the Kangaroo Court. Take them downstairs, prosecute them right there. Judge McCaffrey. Yeah. Seamus McCaffrey. Well, hold on. Let me tell you this though. Worst thing about that: the first night they have um they have that uh that court in. It was a remember it was a Monday night game. It was a San yeah. Fran game. Right. Yeah. Right. And it just so happened I got my wife's cousins 
tickets to the game. And lo and behold, who's the first person to get arrested oh, and no. go to court <laughs> in the court in the field? I are got you, him tickets. Are, are no. you kidding me? In the wide section. No. He has tickets because I gave him my personal tickets. Ooh. And um, I'm sitting there talking to Christy Jones. Um, he nudges me like, yo, bro, that's your wife and your cousin right there, right? I'm gonna turn around. Oh, no. I said, yes. Oh, and no. it's her cousin getting arrested. Dude. Going into, he was the first person to get tried. Oh. I'm like, Dave, come on. Wow. Dave, come on. Yeah, man. dude. And, and you got and then you got to keep playing. You got to play. You know that stuff's going on. Like right. as, as if it's not hard enough to deal with what exactly, you're Exactly. With. First of all, her, you, you know, you're from Philly and everything else, and you're a 49er fan. Oh, but then wait, wait. I get you tickets. Dude, hold on. He was rooting against your team? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love I, it. I, I'm not trying to – like, I would never get that guy tickets with all due respect. <laughs> exactly. You're playing for the Eagles and got him the tickets, and he's rooting against you? Yes. Dude. Sorry. Yes. You're done. Nope. You're nope. done. Nope, nope, nope. Hey, you know, you guys were talking about your movie reviews. Uh, Chris D checking in from Hawaii says, Hey, look, no spoilers, please. I haven't seen Jurassic Park or Top Gun Maverick yet going this weekend. Well, Chris, the only thing I can tell you is you might not want to be on the show for that particular <laughs> segment of the show. So, I'm all not, I can I'm say, saying, we're not going to say anything. Yeah, I won't spoiler yeah, alert. I'll just give him yeah, a review. Yeah, I, I won't do that. Yeah. yeah, I respect that. I won't. Yeah, but if you give the review, you have to give away certain no, things. No, I can give enough. No, I'm not going to. I'll give you, I'll sprinkle enough details in where I won't ruin it for. Nah, we won't do that. Right. I mean, you could you could watch the trailer. I'll just give you the trailer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the trailer's amazing, also. The trailer, I saw the trailer when I saw Top Gun. It looked. Freaking awesome, man! It was. Well, bro. See, it was. See, it's, a, it's a good thing that I haven't seen either movie because I'm spilling everything. I'm well, telling you everything. But look at this though. What? I got the tickets for eight o'clock because my show is live at six o'clock. Right. Lo and behold, oh, Phillies! The Phillies no, have a four-hour game, four and some change game. Oh no! Oh, and uh, it, it, Bro, what was it like? Four hundred pitches in that game? Yeah, I, over four hundred ninety-eight, three ninety-eight. You know, I believe here, it was. Here's something. I was watching the post-game show, and you guys do your little hit, your teaser. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's you. I guess it's you and Danny, right? Was yep, it you and me, Danny? Me okay. and Danny Pomelo, so yep. Amy is hosting post-game yesterday. Amy Fadul, our friend Amy. I guess Michael B was off, but. It, <laughs> And so you guys do your thing. You you did your hit with a with a baseball glove. I saw it. Yeah, see, I, I'm watching yep, yep, you, man. See? I'm watching. I got a baseball glove thrown up in the air. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you could tell, like Barrett, Barrett and Danny were slightly annoyed. Ricky Bo was straight up pissed off. Like Ricky Bo was just like, I can't even believe how long this freaking. And, and Ricky doesn't even like pretend. He's just saying it out loud. Like if you tell right. ben, ben and Amy, you're like, all right, Ricky. You're like, right. oh, and by the way. 400 pitches? Yes. Come on, 400 Ooh. pitches. Well, what time did you did you get done your show? Like, did we able to make the movie we started, on time? Yeah, we well, well actually we started um we started on our show at 6:52. 6:52. So we went a half an hour and I was okay. able to get out by 6:25, I mean, uh 7:25 and I had to haul out. Yeah, right. So you going over bridge, get over. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I made it and they were start they had already started the cre- I mean the um, you know, the um <clears throat> The pre-show, you know, the, the, the yeah, trailers. trailers. So the good thing is you always have about a 15-minute buffer from yeah, what, yeah, whenever yeah. this because there's so many trailers that they showed out. Yeah. So you get you Dude, give I love I love the I love the pre-movie trailers, some cases, as much as the movie. Exactly. Exactly. Because you, know, you were able people, to see Jurassic Parks. Yeah. I didn't see anything. <laughs> see, 
See, some people go to movies, they want to get there just in time to see the main movie. I'm ticked off if I can't get there. My family tell you, I'm ticked off if I can't get there to see the pre-movie, all the different movies that are coming out within the next six months. Yeah. I want to see the tra- I want to see the trailers. They for, for Top Gun, they hit uh Jurassic Park really hard. It was a long trailer. And wow. the other one? The, there's an Elvis movie coming out where where Tom Hanks plays like the, the what was guy Colonel Sand? What was his name? Colonel something. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> Not Colonel Sanders. I don't know. Whoever his guy was, Colonel something. I don't know. I think that's who Tom Hanks. That looks like it's gonna be pretty good though, man. You know, the, what the dude looks like Elvis. They, they, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. Him. Guys look like Elvis. But there, were, hey, there was a couple other good ones. I forget what the other. Wow. Ones were. I hey, know this need... was supposed to be a new one. Uh, what's that? What was that movie with the the blue people? The blue oh. people. Uh, Avatar. Oh, oh, new, new, new one's coming out? Yeah, the Avatar yeah. 2 coming out. Oh. Yeah. Colonel Parker. Thank you, John. Thank you Colonel, on, Parker, on our Colonel well, Parker. Hey, we Colonel, need a, we, Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders. Yeah, he was giving Elvis fried chicken the whole time. Right. It was great. It's perfect. And, and we need to get Chris D on the show so she can give us a workout segment. You know, give us some pointers and stuff. That's like right. That. And, and Chris, <laughs> I, I won't mess up again and call you you know, Mister or whatever. Yeah, she might. She might punch you in your throat, dude. I, you know, I pay to see I, that. I, I now, I now I pay attention to the picture where where she's crushing. You know, doing her workouts. I got. Yeah, you, we need to get on there, and give us some workout. You know, some pointers, it. man. I need to loosen up these old bones, man. I'm telling creaking. you, man. I hear I'm, you. My, uh, I wake so, up, man. My knee sounds like styrofoam when I start walking, man. Oh yeah, you get out of bed, it's like what? It sounds like a tree's you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> branches off a tree are just breaking right. off as we speak. Um, all right, headliners, guys. So a couple things. Phillies keep it rolling. Yesterday, Barrett mentioned it was a long one, but at least they won. Okay, so uh, it was a uh, seventh straight win. Believe it, guys, a week ago, we'll get more into this in a minute. A week ago is when the news came down that Joe Girardi was fired right before we came on the air. Yeah. Well, how much has changed in a week yeah. with this Woo! team in, in Bro, terms of the optimism level? They're two games below 500 now? Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. They had three more home runs yesterday. That's like it, it, 16 in seven games. Seven in a row. Gunner, they have a, a plus 33 run differential under That's crazy. Thompson. That's plus crazy. 33, man. That's crazy. It, it, yeah, it's unreal. Harper keeps going. Uh, Schwarber keeps going. You, you know, every Didi Gregorius all of a sudden is on fire. Like. Ooh. Everybody's stepping up, man. So yeah, they keep it rolling. Phillies win. Uh, as I mentioned, the Lightning go up three-two on the. They've won three straight now. You remember they were down 0-2 in that who, series. Who did I tell you was going to win that series? Yeah, no, you, you had Tampa. You? you had Tampa. You know, I, I I didn't know. I had forgotten that Tampa is the back-to-back defending I know. champs. I, the, I what they've about done, that. They've they're a they're bordering on a dynasty here. I mean, they're, they're you, getting close. You, dude, we're ta- you know we talk about how devoid of talent. The uh, Flyers are. You look even if the Rangers get bumped in this round. I saw during the game last night they they put up a set stat. They have seven of their key players are between the ages of twenty and twenty four. Oof. Seven of their key players between Stop, twenty man. and twenty four. Yeah. And when they press us more, man. And here right. and here's the thing: when they put the seven names up on the screen, four of them are twenty. Yeah, they, they've done a really – you know what they did? Here's what they did. They sort of did uh, almost the Sixers process. Not quite, you know, to those – you know, that degree. But they kind of went in the tank a little bit. And then – They want JT back? And then came back strong, man. They came back strong. Huh? Did they use JT, one of the picks for JT? You know, uh, you know. I don't know. I don't – I'd have to look at it, Barrett. I don't know exactly what they did, but they've – They've really built that thing in a, in a smart – I hate to say it, man. They're going to be tough to deal with for a long, long time, man. Joey B checks in. Yeah, Joe, I got my uh, my uh, my Tar Heel gear on when yeah, we, we did our visit. I, I love the Carolina blue, man. I love that color. Yeah. 
Hey, hey people, dumb. let us know where you're checking in from. Every day we'd like to know where you guys checking yeah, yeah. in from. Yeah, we, 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 we do. We always – Joey B's from uh, out in Denver. He's got he, – I'm sure he's enjoying the avalanche. $8,000 for a ticket for the lower bowl. For for what? What that? Standing Cup Finals? How about that, man? Yeah. Oh, wow. heck no. Coming up. Coming up. Yeah, coming up. Absolutely. Hey, that's my salary for a year. I can't afford that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, hey. Yeah, so that rolls on. We mentioned game four tonight. Uh, back at it with the Warriors and the uh, and the Celtics. Did you guys see too? Uh, maybe we'll talk more about this in the in the final segment. But the numbers, the viewing numbers, are way down for this series. What? Now, I, I two two I'm theories shocked. I'll throw out there. As good as Boston is, are they not like a purely entertaining team because they're so defensive minded? I wonder a little bit. I wonder if that plays into it or. Are these games just? They, they, I mean, they're starting at like nine o'clock. And I'm, you know, Friday's a little bit yeah, different, but yeah. but during the week, that's tough for people on the on the East yeah. Coast who have to get up early. So I wonder, wonder if that plays into it at all. I, I don't know. Uh, if you are a true basketball fan, I think this is an incredible series because of the contrast in styles of play yep. that these two teams are. You have one team that's the old school, back in the early '80s, rugged team. Yeah, and then you have the other team that's a team full of assassins, you know. And, and I love how it's gone back and forth, back and forth. Each is one on each uh, each other's court. Well, technically, Golden State is not one on Boston's court yet, but I just love the contrast of styles. You're right. The nine o'clock starts. Or, well, that's to me. That's like I'm just catching my way. Oh, that's perfect win for you, man. That's yeah. Me. Hey, look. Yeah. I'm yeah, up you're, the, three, you're the target audience for that, man. You know, I, I'm up three three thirty every night, bro. So that's perfect for me. You know. But I understand for people who have to get up early in the morning, uh, that's that's a little late for them. But if you love basketball, how can you not at least watch the first half of these games? I'm incredible. Enjoy, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I love it. I, do I love too. it. I, well, hey guys, we got to go to break because I got to make sure they're not going to burn my um my uh their 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 uh what do you call it um uh, what? power washing? Yeah. And 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 I heard them just turn it on. I wonder if they check my oil. So I'm, I'm I gotta I gotta run for one okay. second. All right, let's, Wait, I know we're power, going to break. Who's let's doing the power it. washing? Uh, some guys that I usually pay. Uh, you don't okay. do it yourself? When I have time. When I'm not on yeah. the show with you guys. I, got I you. love doing I, it. I love doing I, it. I got power washing. I, I, I like this point by Terry. What? Watching the Celtics, what is like watching the Sixers lose for me? I, I agree. You, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree, that. Terry. I, I agree with that. You. Amen. I ain't rooting for Boston for nothing. No, we've, been, wings. we've been on our Boston rants all week. I'm with them. I'm with them there. Don't blame me. All right, so let's get it. We'll, we'll let Barrett go do his thing. He's <laughs> Barrett's gone. He go. Man. He go. <laughs> he he, moves he go. That was quick. That's the fastest Barrett's moves since like 1996. Oh, unless so, you hear him say free food, then he's like OJ Simpson in a Hertz commercial. That's a good point. All right, so we'll uh, we'll step aside. We'll come back, Derek. We'll dig a little bit deeper into what's going on with the Phillies here because right. suddenly it's become fun. What was torturous for for? Look at you. Look at I you. know. I am enjoying it, man. I am. Hey, you got when you, when it's been as bad as it was up until now. I, this last week, I'm I'm. You're right. Bathing in it, man. You're it right. Is, it's been awesome. So, uh, Philly. So, oh, EJ Smith from the Inquirer, Philadelphia yeah. Inquirer, is going to join us at one o'clock. We'll talk Eagles with EJ Gunner. I'm I'm looking forward to this too. We're going to dive into the AFC. Oh yeah. And we're going to rank our best teams. This was a challenge. Dude, this was it's a challenge. so hard. It was so hard, dude. Yeah. I, I had four. I had four or five different one through fives. Yeah, And, you know, I know some people may not agree with it, but, hey, um, there's some teams I had in the top five I had to delete for various reasons. Yep. Dude, it was hard trying to figure out 
what what's my best five? It's gonna be a great conference this year. It really Whoa. is. Oh man. So we'll dig a little bit deeper. As we mentioned, we'll get the movie reviews a little bit later. We got a lot more to do. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. He is D Gun along with Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, so it's about that time, man. We're right around 12:30. You're a little hungry, not really sure what to where to go, what to order. I got the place for you. How about station tap catering? They can handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing a new opportunity for your company. Here's the thing. They have 50 years of experience in food preparation. Station Tap Catering will impress and your guests will be impressed. I was one of them. I had I had their a, a lunch rack essentially um, catered to the house, but they give you everything. I mean, I got the, the variety. It's great if you have little kids. It's great if you have some older folks, whatever the case may be. It's the perfect mix of every kind of food that you would love and enjoy, including dessert, salads, you can eat healthy, whatever the case may be. Station Tap Catering provides the best food. They also are there for private events that you want to cater, uh, a Little League banquet, uh, you got a, a communion party, whatever the case may be, they can handle it. And they also provide, as I mentioned, those individual package meals, take out, you got it. Give them a call, 484-469-3222. That's 484-469-3222. Or you can just go to stationtapcatering.com. That's stationtapcatering.com. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that Mommy Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake them up. Mama, go up, oh, mama. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Barrett, we don't know. We will find out. It's a it's a mystery. What's going? How about he's? What in the world is going on? Wait, here? I was happened? there. Oh, okay. All right. We thought hey, you. We didn't know hey, what happened. We thought you might have gotten kidnapped or something. No, I was there on time. I mean, okay. this is just the show, man. That's why. That's exactly why I had to go down there, man. What well, happened? So, so what I go down there and I say, "Hey, man, you guys checked the oil." Oh yeah, yeah, we checked the oil. I say, just you know, just do it for me, man. You knew so they didn't check. I said, turn it off, turn it off, and check the oil. Check the oil. Oh, uh, it was some oil in there when I tried. I said, no, it wasn't, dog. You didn't check the oil. <laughs> now, now I'm ready to cuss, right? Now I'm ready to come like, yo, care about my stuff, man, like I care about my stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, if, you, if, you're paying the, if you're paying yeah. these cats, they better be doing all that kind of right, stuff. Right, I'm like, dude, you know, come on, man. And you, you'd have burned my, my power wash out. That's another 600 700 bucks I'd have to go pay. Then I got to pay you. The sound, I got to pay you. So I'm like, dog, I'm telling you, man. Come on, man. Get Come your on act now. together. You know? Yeah, well, you gave him the warning now. now see, next time, man. see Bear's, Bear's this imposing figure, and he raises his voice. He just scares people to death, man. It's not that, but just. No, I agree with George, you. I agree. You I no, agree. you're just not going to tear my stuff up, bro. No. Hey, man. Ba- Barrett's the nicest guy in the world until you cross him. And then he's yep. a Hulk. Oh, I've seen that. He's, hey, what's hey, his name? I've Banner. What's his name? Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner. Yeah. He's Bruce Banner until you cross him. Hey, you know, Bruce Banner used to turn green. I've seen Bear turn eight shades of black when he gets mad, man. Like, oh, man. Ooh, it ain't pretty, bro. I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah. Bro, I'm you glad just I haven't been on the one instant, man. You just that one instant. One, one. Yeah, I'll we'll tell you. If, do yourself a fa- don't. I don't know if you're doing yourself a favor or not. But if you ever get a minute, if you're totally bored, go on YouTube, and the old heads might remember this. But they, there was a TV show, The Hulk. Do you remember that with Bill oh, yeah, Bixby? Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness. It was terrible. Lou He was the, he was Hulk when he became Hulk. Yeah. So uh, at the end of the show, it, they played the saddest piano music. You yeah, ever <laughs> like it was the kind of music where you're like, what is Oh, it was like, oh, you're like, goodness. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And he's like walking wow. down, a, down a dirt road. Like he had nowhere right, to go. Right. And it was sad, man. So you're, you ever really bored do that. Hey, yeah. hey, B. Brooks, Kevin Savard, Kevin Savard here says that uh, you weren't really going to check on the power washer scenario. He said, uh, must have been a White Castle truck in the area. <laughs> the theory now, is you, have, you, they should have that. They should have a White Castle truck. Like, no, they shouldn't. Oh, no, they should not. Yeah, they should, bro. That hey, you know, why would you X Lax Mobile, man? Come on, oh, man. Man. It is what it is, bro. There is a theory that you were getting lunch. I'm just saying that's been floated by some people. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. What? I come prepared. Okay. I already have lunch. Oh, okay. What you got? What you got today? This is a what turkey is sandwich, right? Okay. What? With some Pringles. Oh, look at you. 
right. I got to get some next commercial break. Next next short commercial break. I got to run downstairs and get something to eat because my stomach <laughs> my stomach talking again, man. You say and, your backbone talking to your neck bone. And let huh? me tell you, hey, let me tell you something, man. There's a conversation going on, and it ain't pretty right now. <laughs> but we don't need your stomach growling again, okay? I'm we don't. Telling you, man. We're good with that. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa. All right, so uh, a couple a couple things we, we got to hit here with the Phillies. So we mentioned that they won again. So they're up to seven straight. They won 8-3 yesterday, a game that was pretty tight for a while. Uh, yeah, and then, until, until like the sixth. Yeah, till the sixth. And really, it was um, – Eflin didn't have his A game yesterday. No. Uh, and, and Burns wasn't on his A, a game really Dude, for the Brewers. Dude, they, they had him to like 100 pitches by the fourth inning. That was the thing. They really made him work early. Wow. And Philly, so the end, the Phillies ended up breaking through with some home run. Bryce Harper hit one that they they only measured it like four fifty. I'm telling you, man, that thing went, went it just drilled the the, the second deck. It would have went further. And did um, he did, did he hit one too? No, he, he hit that that check swing. Schwarber had one. Yeah, 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 down yeah. the left field line. Well, yeah. Didi Didi almost had to hit for the cycle yesterday. Uh, he had a he had a huge game. Harper was two for five. He's got he's up to fifteen home runs, guys. He's got three home runs in his last four games. Five in the six games they Jeez. played in Ju- in June. He is Jeez. straight tearing it up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a week ago that we were sitting here saying, "All right, yeah, they fired Girardi. Finally, is it realistic that this team can get on a run?" Right. And it, it just goes to show you how quickly things can change, man. Yeah, Especially man. In, baseball, in baseball, we play this many games. You know, well, you know, you were talking about Harper. You know, since two thousand twenty-one, last year. The Phillies are 75 and 34 when Harper scores at least one run. Oof. And that includes 20 and nine this year. So you talk about the magnitude of one player in your lineup. Whew. That's a great stat. Like I said, yeah. is that yeah. is that MVP? Does that mean MVP? I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how he Barrett, I don't know how he's not in any conversation. Exactly. I, I mean, look, exactly. people are always gonna say the guy who's out there doing it in the field deserves it more than him. But you know, and I just keep getting back to it's not his choice. Like he, he's not not in right field. Trust me, if he if he had his druthers, he'd be out there playing in right field. He hates DHing, but he's just doing the best he can with it. So, uh, you well, know. you know, they, see, he's one guy that you don't have to worry about. That's uh, that's you know trying to get over. He wants to right. play. He's one of those. He's one of those guys that you know you don't have to worry about if he's giving max effort or not. Yeah, you know he's exactly. give max effort. Yeah, no question. And look, they're following his lead. That's what, you know, a lot of teams, a great leader and a great player, the team follows their lead. And that's exactly what's happening here with Harper. I mean, look, he's been doing it all year. Don't get me wrong. But he's really picked his game up now. And, you know, yesterday, I'll give some love to the bullpen. But the bullpen yeah. did a really good yeah. job. You know, the much maligned bullpen uh, did a really good job yesterday because the starter, you know, wasn't great yesterday. But they, they've, they've shown the ability now to not – just let teams hang around. They they're 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 tacking on as they go, and they got yes, some big home yes. runs later. It's to kind of make it comfortable. Oduble had him one. Yeah, Oduble did too. Oduble, they're getting contributions all over the place. Dee Dee, Oduble, Harper, Schwarber. So you're going from the top to the bottom where everybody's hitting for them, and um, you know, and they just keep it rolling. Look, the Brewers had, were cold. They weren't quite Angels cold, but they were cold going into the series. And to the Phillies, they credit, suck. Well, to the Phillies' credit, you play who's in front of you, and they're beating up on teams that, yes. are, that are floundering right now. Isn't it funny? So. They, the first two series under Thompson were two teams that were former first-place teams that can't hit the side of a barn right now. So the, the last two series are against teams that were that were in, 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 in serious playoff contention talk. And right now it's like that song Slip Sliding Away. 
Yeah. Both of them are slip sliding away. Now, this Arizona team is going to be interesting because Arizona's at the bottom. Yeah. But Arizona's yeah. like Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know which team's going to show up in the guinea given night. They played like a contender one night. Next night, they played like like they're the Oakland A's. Well, the guy who's so, pitching tonight, Zach Gallon, he's a South Jersey kid. Yeah. I think he went to Eustace. Uh, is really good. Is yeah, really yeah. good. What's so they're, they're Zach Gallon. Okay. Yeah. He, he's legit who they're facing tonight. So this is going to be a challenge. I mean, Gibson wasn't great his last outing. Um, so you have Gibson against Zach Gallon. You know, the other thing is, too, that I don't know, we're so focused on the Phillies, rightfully so, but. Braves are on fire right now. Woo! Are, man. Braves are straight up on fire. Braves have won. It reminds me a lot of last year, right? Yeah, with yeah. eight in a row. But they didn't they, catch fire last year until August, September. It was later last year when yeah. they really got hot. They're hot now. It was, only, it was only a matter of time. They were too good for them, even losing Freddie Freeman, et cetera. They, it was only a matter of time before the Braves got it together. But, it's, but the thing about it, it's going to be a tough division, man. And I, it, it, Yeah. The, I mean, look. The good thing is, I, I'm I'm really kind of focusing on the wild card because there's even after this run, the Phillies are still nine back of the Mets. Yeah. So they're, they're you know, it's like, hey, you know, yeah. But look, they were 13 just a week ago. They now were nine. No, that's hey, they're, look, they're making look, ground up on the Mets. It's, it's just, the Braves are, but they're so right now, uh, for those three, the three wild card spots are the Padres, yep. Cardinals, and Giants. Giants hold the last spot. Braves are right there with them. I mean, Braves are yep. thirty-one and twenty-seven. Giants are thirty and twenty-six, and the Phillies are two and a half back. So they're only two and a half back right now of right. the playoff spot. Basically, right. that's the way I'm looking at this thing. With plenty, they, they, of time they could win the division. They could. It's not crazy. It's, you know, it's not well, out of the realm of reality. And you know, and the, the bats are starting to warm up. It's starting to get hotter. Bats starting to warm up. You know, what what is there is hitting season? Let's let's yeah. let's go, man. See how far we can go with this. I. I, I with the new skipper, man, I love the fact that you know he's just playing. He's playing it by the hip, man. Yep. You know he just pulls whenever he needs to pull out. You know what I mean? So I mean he's yeah. playing it by the hip, and, and that's what I want. I mean it's not right. all. Right. It's not all about you know the metrics of of of, of this pitcher did this this did many times. And yeah, this, he, he he's going by his gut. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's, I I think it's better at this point that he's he's doing it that way as opposed to you know with all his analytics. Going I also on. think what we're seeing too is. Um, they were just – and that part of this is just you're losing. You're going to be naturally tighter. But they were playing really tight under Girardi. Like, there was just a, a tightness yeah. Yeah. That, that is gone now. They, they're they're the a much loose. Yeah, the younger infusion. Um, yeah. I And Harper – I don't think Harper's doing it to in any way, shape, or form to, to bury Girardi because I don't think that's a snob. No. But when, no. when he's talking about things, he always mentions the younger guys getting playing time. Uh, being one of the things, and and everybody in the in the clubhouse is talking about how loose things are now. Like Schwarber was the other day. All these guys, it, it, and it's again. I don't think they're trying to in, out the door kick Girardi, but I think they're also saying like we feel a lot better about the way things are right now that this guy's gone. Well, when so, you're winning, when you're winning, everything is looser. You it's know? true. Um, you know, so even so, even if if Thompson had taken over, uh, and they kept that losing the way, kept their losing ways going. I don't think they would be as loose as they are. But it's amazing how soon as he takes over, all of a sudden a light switch goes on. They're hitting bombs left and right. Was sixteen home runs in the six games under him now? Yeah, <laughs> it's sixteen in six games. Eighteen, Derek, during the winning streak. They have eighteen. That's, that's crazy. And, and they've they've outscored crazy. their opponents fifty three to nineteen. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, you know. I mean, they're they're bludgeoning teams, and, and the bullpen is holding up. Uh, it's ended a deal over the last week. Well, it's not you know, as much pressure. That's no, what it is. It's not as much pressure. They're not worried about making mistakes. But sometimes that that means a lot. When you're not worried about making mistakes, like the young guys, are like, oh man, if I mess up, 
I know he's gonna send me back down. You know, yeah, like, yeah. send me back down. Well, now they're, they're playing more loose. Like, all right, what do I have to lose? You know what I'm saying? What do all I right, have who, to lose? Let me ask true. you your career when you know you play for a lot of different coaches. Who um who kept it the lightest? Like who was who, like what was what group was the loosest that you you know where you just there wasn't a lot of guys overthinking, just kind of having fun and going out and playing. What was I was Ray like that? Ray Rhodes or what was, or was it <laughs> Ray? Yeah, well, yeah. Gray was Ray was like you wasn't worried about you know uh, not perform. You worried about not performing, but you didn't have to worry about you know being all uptight and everything because right. he was like loose. Okay, so he's probably the loosest um, head coach I played for as far as you know uh, him not bothering you. He let us. He let us his his position coaches coach. Now I played with you know Callahan who was a you know, at the time he was a prick because he uh, he couldn't yell it. I was I was a rookie. Where did you have him? Oh, he was your line coach. With he was my office line yep, coach. Yep, yep. Callahan was a line coach. Him, him and Wonka still. So he couldn't yell at Guy McIntyre, Ryan McKenzie. He couldn't yell at guys like that. You know, Steve Wallace. So in turn, he would yell at the younger guys, and I was the only younger guy that was starting. So I'd be sitting in a meeting where and we're watching the meeting. And it'll be a call the center should have made. Riley McKenzie should have made the call. And he starts yelling at me for what Riley McKenzie. I said, yo, I, I didn't play center. Well, this is what you have to do. So he's yelling at me because he can't yell at, at Riley McKenzie. Or Guy Mack didn't pull when he was supposed to pull. Well, I mean, you, you got to pull on this, Barrett. Barrett, you got to. I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? I'm blocking the end. <laughs> That's all I do is block the end. Right. Period. You know? Wow. So you know it it it, it it's it's different because you got certain coaches that feel more empowered to you know yell at younger guys and have that you know have that fierce um, grasp of all right you better not mess up or you you're gone or you're gonna be down there. But then I had a guy like uh, Russ Grimm, my offensive line coach when I was with the Steelers. He didn't care what you did, hook or crook, as long as you got it done, you got it yeah. done. He wasn't you, worried about technique or whatever. Bro, just, you just could like be that. blocking a guy backwards. You could be you could be whole, uh, boxing him out like you're you're boxing out a basketball player. As long as he didn't get to that quarterback, he did not care. Right, Just right. get the job done. But then I had a guy, uh, Mouse McNally. Mouse McNally, you could take a guy, drive him ten yards down the field, and put him on his head. Mouse, he he uh, he um, he's the one that coached Anthony Munoz and made him the player he was. He's the duck walk guy. Everybody wants a duck walk and all that type of stuff. Right. You could take a guy literally 10 yards down the field and dump him on his head, and it'd be a minus because you didn't use your duckwork tech uh technique. Right, right. You know, not to not to get this off track, but Randall, Randall the handle sports talk has been asking me this question throughout the show. Yes, Randall, this is a Bucks championship t-shirt, 2021. <laughs> it, took, it took 50 years. That's it horrible. took 50 years for the Bucks to win another championship. May not see another one in 50 years. So yes, Randall. To answer your question, <laughs> it is a Bucks Championship T-shirt. Okay, thank you very much. All right. Any more questions? Randall, t- Monday he'll be wearing his Packers gear, and then I got his... the closet full. Notice he's not wearing his Brewers stuff after the the Phillies no, just spanked no, his Brewers. No, that, that no, isn't no, happening. No, no and no. your hockey. Oh yeah, you don't have a hockey team. Well, I we had the Milwaukee about. Admirals. Yeah, the AHL team. You know, we can't Come have on. everything, man. It's Milwaukee, man. We don't care about hockey. We care about the big three. Basketball, football, baseball. And was and and Wisconsin uh sports at the university. Absolutely. Madison. Wisconsin Badgers. Yeah, Badgers, absolutely. Yeah. Bad- I I always like the Badgers. I always like the way they did things. Uh, Wisconsin, uh yeah. 
I'll tell you what, man. They they put out some of the best linemen. Offensive linemen. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Two things you'll get out of Wisconsin, running backs and linemen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. My boy Outside Big Gibby. Aaron Gibson was the oh, biggest my goodness. NFL player ever. That was a big dude. Played. He made you look small. Right. Gibby oh, was – Oh, my goodness. Gibby was six foot eight. Same height as Jordan Malata. Yes. He like was 380. Four, yeah, you know, he's about four, four ten. Jeez. And had abs. That's, oh, a, that's insane. And what did he run, Barrett? What was he – like he was like a crazy four at time, too. Yeah, like five flat. Jeez. And six, four eight, four times. ten pounds running five flat. Yes. See, that's like an 18-wheeler. do the splits. Oh, see, that's like an 18-wheeler hitting you and then backing up to finish the job. Right, right. But, but that's like what's, – what's, Jordan Davis ran like a 4'7", didn't he? Something yeah. crazy. 4'7 yeah. at, three, yes. at, at, at 340. Yeah, I mean – And you want and you want to know why – and you and people want to know why they've changed the structure of the game so much in the NFL in terms of trying to reduce head trauma injuries and other – when you have the, – the bodies are getting bigger, faster, stronger every year. Yes. But the field stays the same size. The collisions are more violent every year. And the injuries are more devastating, man. I mean, you may, you be sipping soup out of a straw, man. Somebody, I mean, dude, I'm telling you, man, and, I, and I've had the opportunity to stand next to people like Barrett Brooks and, and, and all these guys, you know, Hugh Douglas. You know, we were teasing Hugh yesterday about being a short guy. Hugh is like 6'2", 6'3". But yep. his arms the size of a truck tire still H- works out. Hughes, Hughes' forearms are gigantic, gigantic, and his it's legs like, are ridiculous. gigantic. Yeah, dude. And then his you see quads, a guy like, his calves. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Corey Simon. Even Trotter. Trotter's been out again. Trotter's still a big man. And when you got twenty-two guys colliding like this at the snap of a foot. There's no wonder, no wonder you have so many injuries in a game like you do nowadays, well, man. The, the other part I wonder about, too, is with that same size that we're referring to, that this is why your joints can't hold up. This is why we see the non-contact, oh you know, ACLs. Not that we didn't have them back in the day. We did. But, you know, you're asking gigantic bodies to run at an insane rate with a lot of muscle and mass on yes. them. They're yes. going to give. <laughs> Something's got to give somewhere yes. Along the line, that's what I wonder about. That's why we have so many more injuries in in baseball with pitchers. You know, Nolan Ryan could could pitch you know ten straight complete oh games, throw two hundred and fifty pitches. But these guys now throw not the Nolan Ryan threw hard. Don't get me wrong; he had perfect technique. But yes, he did. They're, they're throwing hard. You know, even off speed. Like like look at watch Zach Wheeler pitch, and even look at some of his off speed stuff and just the speed on it. I don't know how arms hold up. Right. I think that's really, you know, I, when you you're almost better off when they didn't throw as hard in terms of being able to stay healthy. But we, we, that's that's the thing. I mean, they're just it's bigger, stronger, but like something somewhere gives. Well, you and, know what? It has, it has a lot also to do how athletes are more specialized these days. Yeah, like they stopped playing four sports, um, probably within the last what 10, 15 years. Yeah. And, you know, once kids hit a certain point where, all right, you know, you're you're good at you're good at baseball, but you're only average at football, average at soccer. You're not going to play them sports anymore. You're just going to, you know, focus right in on 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 on, on baseball. Yeah, I think and and Barrett, sucks, man, because the, it, yeah. you're right to your point. And they also play travel ball, which means yeah. they're, play, they're playing almost all year round. Exactly. And, and I can't stand it. Like I my kids. All, played all the sports growing up, and it, it, I think I just think it was it's it's better for you, it's better for your muscles. 
I think it's better for your you, you meet more kids that way socially. It's better for yep, you exactly, and plus um, you don't wear out those yes. same muscles because the, the muscle you use in baseball are not the same muscle you use in basketball, not the same muscle you use in track, the same muscle you use in baseball, football. All those are different. It's a different group of muscles. When you just play the one sport, you use those same muscles over and over again. That's why these kids are getting yeah. Tommy John yeah. surgery. Yeah. You know, because yeah. uh, they're just they, they don't allow the other muscles to work. Yeah, and I, I think the other part, you, you're in real danger of burning kids out if they're oh, always yeah. going So, to- so many kids nowadays oh, yeah. quit sports yep. in high school because mommy has forced little Johnny and Susie to play on all these travel teams and all. And by the time they get to high school, they're burned out. They don't want to play anymore. Yeah, yeah, I see it a lot, man. I, I've seen it a lot, and it's it's a shame because mm-hmm. if they had just let them take three months off from the sport. Yes, yes. You know, and they can just regroup mentally too. But no, let's go. We gotta get. And, and you know what the coach is? It, what happens a lot of times in high school, they'll say to you, oh, we encourage them to play multiple sports. And then yeah. once they get in yeah. there, they're like, well, you're not going to be at the Thursday off-season practice? No, I'm not, coach. I'm going to be <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing basketball. Right, well, right. We'd really like you to be there. And then yeah. you're like, the kid goes into a panic. So a lot of these coaches are full of it when they tell you that. Oh, some yeah. are some are some are legit, but but a lot of them are, are full of BS. You know. I think I think a travesty too is a lot of times coaches get buddy buddy with certain parents. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden their kid is playing, um, not because they're better than the other kid who should be playing, but because they're friends with the coach. No doubt. And I think that's an injustice as well because it kills the spirit of the kid. Yep. Who's really trying and 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 the kid. Let's face it. In most cases, can sit there and watch and say. There's no way this kid is better than me yet. They're playing, and I'm sitting here, you know, waiting to go in as a sub if I'm lucky. Yeah. So that that also, you know, discourages them to continue playing in a lot of ways. Yeah, I agree with you. Bro, agree I've with seen you. it. I, I've seen it happen before, man. I, I've seen kids that, like, like you know, remember last year? I don't know if you got you guys went, but um, I was helping coach. Uh, I was helping coach a team in in, in Camden. You know, right? With Woodrow okay. Wilson. Yeah. So yeah. I'm coaching. Woodrow, yeah. I'm helping him Woodrow Wilson. I'm, I'm coaching offensive line. And I, you know, I coached them, you know, the entire season. And I can remember another uh, a parent came up was like, hey, 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 I want my son to play. He needs to be playing. He's that good. Every time I come yeah. home, yeah. he's telling me how good he is. I said, okay. Then I said, look, sir, I, I'm, 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 I'm not going to do that to you. No, I'm, I'm not going to play him now. And he's like, well, my, my son's ready to play. I said, you, you sure your son is ready to play? <laughs> yeah, he's ready to play. I said, all right, I'm. I'm this, this is this is not done out of spite, sir. Don't you understand? This is not done out of spite. But hey, little Johnny, come here for me, to Johnny. Hey, go in and Mike linebacker. You want to play linebacker, right? Oh yeah, Mike linebacker. Yeah, he's a middle linebacker. Yes, that's what he is. So okay then. All right. Um, hey Fred, this is our second team fullback. The second team. No, he's the third team guy. The third team guy. Say Fred, come here, man. Hey, I want you guys to run ISO. Hey. Johnny, this is ISO. He's running the ball right at you. You know you got to get the fullback. You got to get knock the fullback out the play and go get the running back. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Man, Sid Hunt, Fred runs straight through little Johnny. I mean, he didn't even break stride. Almost broke his head. He hit the ground so hard. I said, see? Oh, he did it. I said, all right. All right, I'm going to run another play now. I'm going to run another play. We run a pass play. He goes out there, tight end, boom, boom, boom. Almost bust his knee up, fell all on the ground, you know, hurt himself. I said, look, this is why 
I'm keeping your son out of. He's not ready to play right. right now. He's not ready to play. When is he going to be able to play? He's a senior. I said, sir, he's not ready to play. Mm. Let you know. That was our third team fullback. That was our second team tight end. What do you want me to do? I don't want to get your son hurt. Yeah. Now he's feeling this big because all the parents just saw his son get ran over get one. Get trained. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So like, so Johnny's just not ready to play, man, you know. Well, you know who is ready to play? EJ Smith. And when we come back, we'll talk to EJ about the OTAs, where things are for the birds in general. There's a lot of things to hit with EJ. We will do so when we get back. D-Gun, B-Brooks, RL as we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. Finances, man. You got to get your finances right. And if you're not sure who to turn to, how to invest, what to do, what you want to do, where you want to put your money, I got the person for you. And that's Jim Murray with Principal Financial Group, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, or you have a small business and you need help setting up your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I wasn't sure what to do. I reached out to Jim. He steered me in the right direction and he continues to. That was years ago. I trusted him with my IRA, my 401k rollover, and I couldn't be any happier. You can give him a call as well and be happy. 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. Or you can email him at Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. 
again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in Sports Take on this Friday. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. We're joined by EJ Smith now. EJ covers the birds for the Philadelphia. Hey, hey. There he is. What's going on, fellas? What's up, man? EJ, EJ, I want to apologize. I probably want to apologize that you have to spend a good quality portion of your day (laughs) dealing with uh, uh, the three stooges like us, but such is the case. Speak for yourself, all right? For the next half hour, I appreciate you guys having me on. <laughs> follow, follow EJ on Twitter, at EJSmith94. Man, how times have changed since we last spoke. I guess it was draft night, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's crazy. You were, uh, you were out in Vegas. I want to start with this, because I know you tweeted this out uh, probably this morning, whatever time it was, about three hours ago. How are the Rams doing it, man? How how <laughs> how does this continue? I, I mean, every it seems like every other day they're locking somebody up for some insane number. And I know everybody says, "Oh, the the do, the bill's going to come due soon." Like, who cares if you win two or three in the process? Who cares if the bill comes due? Yeah, never yeah. mind. So, like, I uh, shameless plug here. Like, I do a Q and A with Joe Banner all the time, and when he starts talking about the salary cap, my head starts going in circles. You know, like, I just don't understand. But my very rudimentary understanding of how the salary cap works is like, because people will tell you like the salary cap's not even real. You know, like these guys can do whatever they want. If you've got like a mega rich owner like that, um, especially in a good market like that, you know, he's if he's willing to pay out huge guarantees up front it really lowers like the, the cap hit year over year. So yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he paid out like $400 million for players this year. Jeez. Seven um, players, seven players, like 386 players, million. Yeah, 386. It's unbelievable. But I mean, like I said, you, so eventually they will, they'll be paying for these guys, you know, five, six years down the road. But I mean, the cap goes up every year and you can keep doing this forever, you know? So, um, so like I said, uh, having a super rich, like a mega rich owner in a good market, like that's the biggest advantage in all sports. Crazy. It's crazy, crazy, right? It really is. It really is. But, man. You know, so I mean, you could virtually buy Super Bowl, you know, from this point forward, you know, just by looking at I mean, would you call it rudimentary metrics? You know what I'm saying? Just because you got big, big, you know, a big pocketbook, you can do that, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like you have to have the right market, you know, because all those guys want to go play in LA, especially now that they're championship contenders. So it really is right. kind of like it's kind of like my generation's version, like the Showtime Lakers, it almost feels like, right? Like yeah. you know, mm-hmm. all these guys want to go to LA and they can pay them out. So it works out. Well, look, you know, a fun- lot- go ahead, Gunner. Yeah. It, it's it's funny because the Patriots wrote the book on how to bring in veteran players whenever they wanted. And they did it for a span of like 15 years. And it was it was quite shocking that nobody could really duplicate what they did over a span of 15 years. And then here we are today. We're talking about a Rams team that's finding more money than anybody knows what to do with <laughs> in that regard. And you would think, well, you know, the NFL is a copycat league, but you don't see a lot of teams doing it. There are more teams that are worried about staying within the structure of a salary cap than they are picking off players left to right to try to win it now. 
I guess know, it's because it, there's not that many owners who want to write that check. Woo, man. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> it's goodness. true. It's true. Yeah. Well, look, EJ, I, I mentioned it, it's crazy over the last, what, April uh, 28th was the draft, and we sit here on, on June 10th, and you you kind of step back a little bit, and you look at everything that went down. I I, I'll, I guess I'll just ask you this. Which which of the moves, and you want if you want to include the draft, that's fine. Which one was the one that made you kind of – you know, sit back and take notice a little bit, I guess, that the Eagles did. Well, I feel like you have to pick the A.J. Brown one just because the magnitude of the player, um, you know, just what he does for the offense. And I feel like he's a perfect fit with Jalen Hurts. You know, like Devontae Smith is like a precision timing type receiver. He may or may not benefit from having a guy like Jalen Hurts all the time. You know, like if I feel like somebody who's more, you know, a quarterback more driven on like timing and anticipation would really, really sort of bring out Devontae Smith's skill set. I feel like with A.J. Brown, that guy's going to be open. You can throw him 50-50 balls and everything else. So mm-hmm. what he does for the offense really kind of got my attention. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like the James Bradbury piece of it all was the one that kind of solidified it for me. Mm-hmm. Because now you – because even when they got A.J. Brown, even when they got Jordan Davis, and even when they got N'Kobe Dean in the third round – you could still say, well, they got a couple question marks in that secondary. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to need Marcus Epps and Zach McPherson and whoever else could, you know, maybe uh, represent themselves well in training camp to step up. But now, I mean, at least at cornerback, you've got two very, very proven starters in Bradbury and uh, Darius Slay. Um, so, I mean, obviously they still got Marcus Epps back there, but I just feel like that Bradbury signing was kind of the moment where I was like, they could make some noise this year. You know, just like they, it's, it's not often you look at a defense that's had so many – problems addressed um and they really don't have a lot of weak spots anywhere except for i guess you could say safety um you know i mean it had to depend on what you think of miles sanders at running back but they really are they're kind of uh they, they kind of have it all across the board at this point so we know that you don't get to see a whole lot when it comes to the otas in the mini camp but what has been your biggest observation of what you you've seen up to this point um so we don't get to see a lot of them Um, but I definitely think, uh, you know, offensively, uh, the first session we got to see Devontae Smith was just like tearing it up. Um, and I, I honestly do like, I, I wrote about this, you know, like there's a sense of like, he's going to be wide receiver two behind AJ Brown. I'm not so sure. I mean, he is really, really, he looks good. And like, you know, it usually takes wideouts a couple of years, you know, some time to figure it out. He was better than most rookie wideouts are typically, um, so yeah, he had a couple of good routes. He had a, I think it was a seam route against Darius Slay and then he went over and beat Bradbury on a go route. So, um, so he definitely has, he looked good the first day. Um, I think, you know, you probably heard about Jalen Hurts. You can tell yeah. he's changed his mechanics. Um, definitely seems like his base is a little bit tighter. Um, and I would say the, the thing that I always kind of go back to whenever I watch quarterbacks changing their mechanics and OTAs. It's like, it's easy to do that when there's not a rush. We'll see what it looks like, but you can kind of tell that he's made, made some changes. It doesn't always look perfect. Um, you know, there are a couple of times where it's like, Oh man, he kind of looked like he sort of started that one a little lower than usual. Or, you know, it's funny. The um, I think he hit a go ball to either Pascal. I think it was Zach Pascal. It might've been Deion Kane um, the other day. And it was funny because it was like, a, it was a kind of a duck. But it made it there. It was a touchdown pass. So you can tell he's working through his mechanics a little bit. I think it's um it's improved off of last year. And, you know, obviously the coaching staff has raved about what he's done. So mm. um, so that was those are my biggest takeaways for, for the mm. most part. Did you see that pass he threw from the sideline? Um, he hit uh, he hit uh, Greg Ward on the sideline when he threw across his body. Mm-hmm. To me, you know, to me, that's that's where it is. You know, if you can make yeah. a pass like that across your body and get there on the dime. 
you know, that that's where I say his his maturity level has gotten a lot better. And that's something he wasn't comfortable doing last year. Whenever he exactly. would roll out to his throwing side, he really couldn't rotate and open up and throw it. See, I played quarterback my freshman year of high school. So I, there you go. I know a little bit about this now. <laughs> and then I then I, you have to ask my dad. He said I ate my way out of the position. I moved to left tackle. <laughs> Yo, that, very supportive of dad to yeah, say right? that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but no that that the throws on his throwing side, he wasn't comfortable doing that last year. And you're absolutely right. It's kind of taking the next steps. I mean I my biggest thing with Jalen Hurts is like the areas in which he needs to improve you know, decision-making, you know, just kind of seeing it and getting getting the ball out on time. Those are things that every quarterback gets better at over time. So I think there is reason for optimism there. EJ, let me ask you, all, all, based off of that, and I know, you know, it is what it is in these OTAs. It's not the intensity and the live bullets flying around and all that kind of stuff, if you will. Um, but everybody to a man, it seems like, and not just the usual, like, hey, we're really behind, you know, Jalen. It feels genuine when I hear guys like Goddard and some of the other people saying, like, I'm telling you, like, this guy's taking big steps. Are you buying this? Like, that they, the, the teammates himself, his teammates, really feel like this is going to be a big leap kind of year for him? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell sometimes because, like, you know, these guys are always going to tell you that everybody looks great and they're right. in the best shape of their lives. But, I mean, they certainly do. You know, Jalen's ever since he got drafted, even when there was, like, the, the drama with Carson, you could tell that guys naturally gravitated toward him. I mean, I don't think you can ever – I don't think anybody's ever questioned his work ethic. Yeah. So, I think that's what I, – <clears throat> I think that's where it comes from. You know, I think guys see the work he puts in. They see the, the strides that he makes. So I, I think it is genuine. But again, like, like I said, I mean, maybe it's the reporter in me. I'm always kind of like, Skeptical. are you really, yeah, are you always, are you really telling me the truth here? Um, mm -hmm. But no, I definitely think that, um, you know, again, like the work he puts in, I think that it kind of lends people to believing in him. Interesting. Well, the, when you look at him, um, okay, you see all the players. How comfortable are you with, with, with Steichen and, 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 his ability to open the offense up from just being a run-dominated um, offense that he had last year when he picked things up as the play caller. How confident are you, you know, his, of him opening up this passing game? You know, because I, I I know we can't do what we did the first eight games. Yeah. We're not going to be able to say. That's what I would say. It's like, you know, Nick talks about how he kind of was spreading himself too thin. And, you know, there are some head coaches in the league that can call plays and also manage the team. But I think for him, he just – he found that he wasn't able to do it. And like the biggest, you know, when I think about the first eight weeks of the season, you know, first eight odd weeks, you know, give or take, I think about, you know, like constant screen passes, you know, just like a lot of underneath stuff. And yeah, like I do think that the fact that the offense changed the way that it does is a, a kind of, you know, a good sign for Steichen sort of maybe be seeing the big picture and, you know, kind of being able to like hone more in on just play calling instead of having to manage everything else. Um, I do think that the play calling is a little bit, a little bit overblown because it's still Nick's offense and these guys map out, you know, they've got their first 15, they've got their two minute. I feel like Nick, Nick's, um, influence maybe is a little underplayed when you, when you think about it, because I feel like it's still Nick's offense. It's still, you know, him kind of, they do so much during the week preparation wise. I think that really the benefit with having Steichen call plays is that, he has a better in-game feel for it than Nick does because Nick's got so many other things going on. But I don't think that it's Steichen's, you know, offense all of a sudden. That's for sure. You know, you know, EJ, we 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 would continue to do this until the bullets start flying for real. But it's amazing how much we go back and forth with what Jalen Hurts is or is not because we can't get a grasp on it based on what we saw of him last year. 
uh, secondhand word of mouth that he's been working diligently with the quarterback gurus out on the West Coast and in controlled environments in in, in many camps in OTAs. And, th- I, and I hate to say this because it's a team game, but I, I think in this case, the Eagles season make or break relies on how much this kid has improved. No, I completely agree with you. I mean, like the, since the last time I talked to you, look at the, the pieces that they've added yeah. on offense. Yeah. There's no excuses left, you know, and I think that's how they want it to be. And I think on the flip side, it's, it's kind of a two, it's a double-edged sword. It's like, you know, or I guess it works two different ways. You know, it's like Jalen Hurts has no excuses this year. If, right. if, if he's got everything around, he's got a great offensive line. He's got two great wide receivers. He's got one of yep. the better tight ends in the league. You know, he's got it all set up for him. And if it doesn't work for him this year, then when you've got Russell Wilson and, you know, I don't think they were worried on Matt Ryan. I don't, I don't know what the interest was in Deshaun Watson at the end of the day. But when you've got veteran quarterbacks who are looking for different destinations, unlike last year where the Eagles weren't a target for one of those guys, this year, I'm, or, you know, this upcoming offseason, I think any quarterback would look at that offense and go, I'd, I'd love to play in that system. So I think they've set themselves up well, um, at least offensively, kind of to either figure out if Jalen Hurts is the answer and, like, I always tell people this. It's like, this is the Eagles we're talking about. If he shows, okay, he may never be a top five guy, but he's right. 15 to, you know, 15 to eight, maybe, maybe middle of the pack. I don't think the Eagles are going to settle for that. You know, they mm-hmm. want, yep. they watch those those games with the Bills and the Chiefs, just like the rest of us do. And they, they look at those guys and they go, that's what we need. We need a guy who's going to beat those guys, you know, to, to beat the likes of Mahomes and, you know, Josh Allen and Brady and all those guys. So, I mean, I think it's a it's a huge year for him, and I agree with you. I think he's they're going to go as far as he's capable of taking. Yeah, yeah. EJ, what, what's your sense of Sirianni? I mean, we go into the second year now, and and a lot of the things you just laid out and we're we're talking about here, it's a much better roster. You know, he to his credit, he got them to the playoffs last year, and that it was not an easy task. I give him a lot of props for that. But this is a much better team now in terms of talent. So, how do we view him in his second year, and if this? you know, what this looks like maybe at the end of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a similar, a similar vibe. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say like, this is actually something I hear. I'm not trying to give away my stories here, but this is something I'm working on as a training camp. Preview. See you and I, man, we're in the same. <laughs> like they're kind of both on this kind of like you, you, you had a decent first year, but there's the, everything's there for you to take the next step. Um, and I, I think I have a little bit more confidence that Nick is kind of, you know, in control here and is going to be able to do some, some things with this. I think like, you know, his inexperience just in general, you know, never, never been a head coach at any level had really only been a coordinator for a couple of years. I think that, you know, it kind of showed at the beginning of the first season, like, you know, all those screen passes, like really left a bad taste in my mouth. It's like, yep. it's yep. like kind of like, you know, this, um, it almost felt like he was so just, uh, stuck with the rules like okay if there if there are this many players in the box we have to throw the screen and it's just like you got the best offensive line of football just run it um and i think that he learned that over the course of the season so i don't know i think that there were a lot of encouraging signs from nick last year i guess that's why i kind of go into this year thinking that he's going to be able to figure it out um, but no i agree with you it's kind of like the same exact thing with with Jalen, where it's like you you kind of do need to see them take the next step since the, the team has gotten a lot better mm. well well since we're going with coaches, man, let's go with Gannon. They've given him, they've given him what he needs to run this multi-purpose, um, multi-facet defense. You know, I, I see him. They're going to run a lot of fifty front. You could tell just by, Absolutely. you know, fifty and thirty front, just by you know the personnel they have, and also how they break practice up. You know, with the defensive ends and 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 linebackers that are rush ends go to one side, and then the interior guys go to another side. Those guys are like two 
you know, two different groups now. It used to be just defensive ends and 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 um defensive tackles in one group and the linebackers in another group. But these guys are actually practicing together. Yeah, he has mean, to be lost now. No, it's interesting because like the last time we talked, you know, I think it was before the first round, wasn't it? Or was it that yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was that it was that Thursday yeah, uh, and, morning. Yeah, it was funny because when I when I started my draft prep all the way back in like November, I started talking to people and I go, "The Eagles aren't going to be in on Jordan Davis, are they? I mean, he's he's a nose tackle. They've been a four three front for as long as I can remember, yep, other than the Chip Kelly years. But yeah, I mean, like they don't need a, they they wouldn't draft a nose tackle. And then as I started watching Jordan Davis more, it's like, okay, a he's more than a nose tackle. Mm-hmm. Like he could play three tech because of the way that he moves, and b they do. I mean, they played a lot of 50s. You know, they played a lot of 30 and 50 last year. You yep. know, they had a lot of odd man fronts. And I think, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but last year, I feel like with Gannon, I was hard on Gannon last year. You know, I, I was critical. I was hard on you yesterday. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, I thought his first season, um, you know, he I thought he didn't get it the most out of the personnel that he had. And I guess he could come back and say, I didn't have the personnel that I needed to run what I run. This year, there's none of that. I mean, Jordan Davis is the type of guy that can help you operate with those light boxes and those two high safeties that he likes to run with. You know, Hassan Reddick in, in place of Jannard Avery. Like, you know, Jannard Avery is a fine player, but that's a huge upgrade. I mean, just to put a guy in there who, A, is a, a dynamic pass rusher who's ascending in his career, and B, like, he's not, you know, obviously he was kind of labeled a bust when he was dropping back in coverage a lot, but he's capable of doing it in a pinch. So I think the versatility that's on this defense now, I think that this is really the year where if Gannon doesn't make significant strides, it's going to show kind of what a lot of people suggested last year. I think there's a chance at the end of the year that we could be looking at year one and going, man, we were completely off on him. He just needed a year to get, you know, the right personnel in here. Um, but or there's a chance that we were looking at it and we're like, even when he got all his guys, he still couldn't figure it out. So I definitely think this is a big year for him. Okay, so EJ, when you look at all of the players they have on defense now, whether it's a a carryover from last year or a new player they've brought in, whether it's by draft or free agency, going forward, what's the one player between now and the time the season drops that you're going to be watching closely to see how they fit in and how they're utilized on that defense? Um, well, the obvious ones would be Jordan Davis or Son Reddick, but I'll give you one that's a little bit more, okay. I guess, under the radar. I'm excited to see what they do with Milton Williams. I feel like he's kind of like a forgotten okay. guy in this in this defensive front. He looked really good all throughout last year. You know, obviously toward the end of the year, he sort of took strides, but even in the preseason, I remember there were a couple of plays where I was like, "Oh man, this guy might be yeah. this guy might be legit." Um, so he's kind of buried right now at defensive tackle. But I'm curious if he can play some, you know, three four defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of got that tweener body. And I think he's athletic enough to do it. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Head up on a tackle. Right. Yep. That five tech. Yeah. I feel really? like. He, yep, yep. I feel like he can do that a lot. And they need those guys because you know, like they got Brandon Graham back. He can do some of that. You know, Fletch can do some of that now that they got Jordan Davis. But you know, they had they that four eye. You know, five tech position last year. Yeah. That was what they really didn't have. You know, like they had. You know, John. Uh, Josh Schwed and Ryan Kerrigan play in that spot. And those guys were – they're just, just not their position. Um, so I'm excited to see what Milton Williams does this year. I really am. I feel like he can be forgotten, but I wouldn't be – I wouldn't surprise me if he kind of made a name for himself this year. Mm. Okay. Okay. Any, any surprise really – I don't mean under the radar Milton Williams. I mean like way under the radar. Devin Allen kind of, you know, like this guy might have something. Is there anybody like that you sense that could jump out? So everybody's been really excited about Britton Covey at camp. Okay. I'll be honest with you. 
I saw him get like muscled, get the ball <laughs> muscled out of his hands a couple too too many times for my liking. Yes. Um, but listen, I haven't been out there the entire time, and I don't pretend to know more football than some of these guys. Dallas Goddard says that he's like you know the, the under the radar guy to watch. So okay. I'll give you Britton Covey. Um, I thought I think Deion Kane has looked really good throughout camp. I mean, he's or you know OTAs. I'm excited to see what he looks like during training camp because he has looked really good. So I guess if the the generic answer, like the Eagles answer, would be Britton Covey, but I'll give you Deion Kane, the other wide receiver. Mm. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, That's what about the um, what about the um, the left? I mean, the right guard position. You know, um, how's that looking for you when you did get a chance? So Sam is the first up. I really do kind of feel like it's his job to lose. You know, there was some talk about, like, would he be a June 1st cut? And that kind of just – that surprised me just in the sense that, like, I like Jack Driscoll at guard, but I also – he's he's been hurt almost every year. And he's not – I honestly sort of thought he was more comfortable at tackle. I know he's got shorter arms, and that's why they need to move him to guard. But no. I don't know. He held up a tackle against – I mean, his first game was against Chase Young, and he held up there. So – um, and just the sense that, like, Jack Driscoll's not guaranteed to give you 17 games. Um, Cam Jurgens is not really a guard, in my opinion. I mean, he's he's really undersized for that position. So I didn't think that they had enough, enough depth there, especially after they released uh, Nate Herbig earlier. Um, but, yeah, I, I see it. I honestly think that if I were them, I would be looking at it like Sam is my first guy. I got Jack Driscoll in the case that Sam Allo gets hurt like he has been the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And if Driscoll gets hurt – we're back to what we've been doing the last couple of years. So that's how I would look at it. Um, I really, I honestly, you know, I was a little lower on Sayamalo, but then I remember Jason Kelsey last season said, said something like, you know, people don't realize how dynamic he is, how good he is and how important he is to this front. And I take Jason Kelsey at his word there. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I feel like uh, it, it, they're, they're, they make it sound like it's a competition, but I certainly think it's Sayamalo's job to lose. You touched on Miles Sanders. Where do things stand there? Is this going to be played out? Maybe uh, get through the season. If he starts off well, they extend him. Do you not see an extension? Just play it out. What do you think happens there with him? It, I honestly would guess that they let him play it out at this point. I mean, it's kind of like the the process that a lot of you know smart teams in the league kind of go through with these uh, you know early round running backs. You know, like if you pick a guy first, second, third round. You just let him play out his first contract, and then you don't sign running backs a second contract. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you hear from a lot of people is, you know, good teams will draft running backs early, but they won't sign them to that second deal. They'll use them up and kind of let them go. Um, so, I mean, I, I could also see, like, I don't know what Miles Sanders' market looks like. You know, I really don't know. And if it if it's it could be – I don't think it would get as bad as, like, a Derek Barnett was this offseason, but if he, get, if he sits out there for a couple of weeks and doesn't get a, you know, huge deal – um, I could see them extending him for a lower price, but I don't think there's a rush to do it. I definitely think that their approach run- with running backs is kind of to let it, let it all play out and then sort of figure it out down the road. So. I, I hate to do this to you because p- so many people do it to me, so I like to do it to other people. <laughs> when, when, you, when you look at <laughs> what, what is that? What is that? How do you? Because I hate doing it. Enjoy what, this question. Uh, yeah, I, because yeah. it is a legit question. Mm-hmm. So as we look at this team on paper, is this a double-digit win team based Honestly, on that and their schedule? If they don't win this now, I'm not a hot take guy. See, like, that's, that's why I said it. See, but, like if I honestly think the way their schedule sets up, like how do they not win? If they don't win ten games, I think that it's an indictment on somebody. Yeah. Like you can't roll the ball back next year if they don't win ten games this year. So mm-hmm. I would say the expectation I picked them to win. I think it was eleven. Um, mm-hmm. you could see them, honestly, there's ways you could see them winning 12 or 13 and there's ways you could see them squeaking out nine or 10 if they struggle. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, anything less than 10 will start to make you have some questions about some of the big, you know, big pillars in the, the uh, organization for sure. Um, also, See, you, know, you guys thought I was not going to ask a legit question. Yeah, See what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah, you guys yeah. underestimate me. See? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I roamed over to the pessimistic side and deal was, with you. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> keep doing it. Fine. But, uh, you know, we all know how he does how he thinks. And uh, there's, I think there's just one more position that they believe. Um, they think they're good at it, um, uh, you know, that they don't need to go out and get anybody. Marcus Epps is the guy. But, you know, you got to think that Howie's going to try to fill that, you know, that with a, a veteran guy also. You know, not saying Mark, Mark – I mean, I like Epps. Epps is, Epps is, to me, Marcus Epps is a really good safety. I think that he'll grow I – think, I think he might be better than Anthony Harris this year. Yeah, honestly, but, Harris tr- struggled a little bit last year. Right. So, I mean, do you think they try to fill that position? So, everybody talks about Chuck Clark from the Ravens. Um, because you know they they drafted Kyle Hamilton, they they signed Marcus Williams. They kind of have two good players at the at the spots. About that, yeah. Um, and Chuck Clark is just kind of one of those guys. Like you know, I I'll be honest with you, I haven't been crunching Chuck Clark film just yet. Um, but if he gets released, I'll take a look at it. From my sense of it, you know, from the games I have, just kind of watched just being a fan of football and watching games, is that he's kind of like you know just a, a league average starter. Um, you know, probably not quite as good as like a James Bradbury, but like kind of in that same realm. Um, I could see him being somebody if, if the Ravens do end up releasing him. Um, but I honestly do think that like we're getting to a point now where it is what it is at that position. And yeah, I agree with you. Like, I honestly think that like Marcus Epps and like, you know, uh, let's throw Kyle Hamilton as the example. I feel like you'd be better off with that. Like you'd be pretty comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that because Harris struggled a little bit last year at times and he was hurt for, you know, that back half of the season, but Harris and Epps, it's kind of like you need one of those guys to be able to elevate the other one. Right. And right. I don't really, I don't really know if either of them do it. So, but I, I also do think that, you know, safeties are more important in this scheme than they were in Schwartz's, but they're not, crucial like they're not premium positions in the way that Gannon uses them is my understanding of it mm-hmm. is that like you know paying big money to a safety and Gannon scheme isn't necessarily the best resource the best resource allocation so EJ last one for me there has been massive front our office turnover here I mean a lot of people coming and going and you know restructuring guys up being elevated you know etc Andy Weidel being the you know headliner I guess of all of it it, what do you make of it? I mean, it, it seems to be a, a big number compared to most organizations. Some of this is guys earning the right to go other places and have bigger roles and, and women as well. But where, where do you, where, what do you make of everything that's happening here? Yeah, I think that part of the reason they lost so many people is a, because, you know, they hire young, diverse and ascending people um, and emphasis on diverse because, you know, and as the league need, as the league starts to address like the diversity issues across the league, you know, not every team is like the Eagles. You know, if you look at, you know, Brandon Brown, Ian Cunningham, Catherine Rage, um, you know, I can't keep think of them all off the top of my head, but there were a lot of those people are, you know, either people of color or women, obviously. So um, when you look at the people that they've lost, it's kind of like they're helping diversify the rest of the league. So that's part of it. Part of it's that they like to hire young ascending people. And then I think part of it was the structure of their front office. You know, it's not a coincidence that they hired two assistant GMs this time around because they keep losing people to that title. Um, But I do think that the other part of it is just Howie's stature in the building 
is always going to make it. So like, you know, when Joe Douglas was here, I wasn't on the beat, but you know, just from what I've, you know, again, my understanding of it would be that Joe Douglas had a pretty, you know, had a weighted opinion, you know, had a lot of say in the, in the room. I think with Andy, you know, Jeff, my colleague, Jeff McLean has reported Andy's say was, you know, obviously heavily considered, but maybe not as much. And I think the perception across the league is like, you can only get but so high as a personnel guy in that front office. And now you look at the top three, you know, the two assistant GMs and Howie, they're all kind of from that football operations background. Obviously Howie's got some scouting background to him as well, but the, you know, John Ferrari and Alec Hallaby are, you know, they're football ops people. And Hallaby's obviously the analytics kind of guru in the, on the staff. Um, so I think the biggest thing that kind of surprised me about it. And, you know, the thing that I'm still trying to like fully understand is like the framework on the personnel side is kind of nebulous now. There's like mm-hmm. three or four people who are kind of like hovering around that director of player personnel title instead of one clear person kind of setting the table. So, um, I mean, I think it puts more accountability on Howie Roseman, um, which is a good and a bad thing, you know? I mean, it's more responsibility and it puts more at his feet. So, uh, yeah, I mean – what they've done with the personnel side is interesting. I'm curious to see how it looks in two or three years. Um, you know, are they eventually going to get back to the framework they used to have? Are they going to bring one of these guys and, you know, promote them up? But yeah, it definitely has been an interesting year for the front office. And I think, you know, the biggest takeaway is that like it's more onus on Howie and it's a move toward more of like the, I guess, a non-traditional way of looking at team building with football ops people, analytics people, instead of, you know, old school football guys, as you would say. Mm. Well, you know what? I I didn't look at it like that. You're right. It is a very diverse uh, group of people he's he's let out into football. Yeah, and like, it's a, and I think that the Eagles would complain because it's like, you know, Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham, if either of them had gotten GM jobs, they would have gotten that pair of third round picks through like the Rooney rule extension. That doesn't like extend to assistant GM, but I mean, like in a couple of years, probably like three, four, five years, if those guys do well, like they're going to have a bunch of like, you know, hockey assists, as you would think of it. Like guys got assistant GM jobs and then they got GM jobs and like the Eagles don't really have anything to show for it. So interesting. Mm. EJ, great stuff, man. Uh, Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, at EJSmith94 and, of course, Inquirer.com. You can see all of his work covering uh, the birds. Good stuff, EJ. We will talk to you soon, man. Thanks. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend, dude. EJ, always insightful stuff there. All right, so here's what we're going to do when we come back, guys. We're going to dig into the AFC. And we're going to rank the best teams in the AFC, which is a a powerhouse, man, to say the least, of a conference for sure. So we'll dive into that a little later. Barrett and I will give our movie reviews of uh, Jurassic World and Hustle. And uh, we got a lot more in store. Don't go anywhere. He is Barrett Brooks. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I need to let you know about Pro Action Restoration. We get some crazy weather this time of year, heavy rains. And you know what could happen. That could cause flooding. It cause a lot of other stuff, some bad stuff in your house, at your business, whatever, that you don't need. But just in case, I need you to be ready. And the best way to be ready is pro-action restoration, whether it's a home, a business that you own, a property that you own, whatever. If it's fire, water, smoke, mold, you know how difficult and trying that can be. And if you're not an expert on how to handle it, they are. ProAction is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I experienced water damage at my parents' house a few years back. They were there quickly. They cleaned the place up. The crew was professional, and the price was very reasonable. 
from Pro Action Restoration. Their license bonded fully ensured they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action will work in conjunction, by the way, with your insurance company. So whether it's water, fire, smoke, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760. That's 610-623-3760. Or go to ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Friday, everybody. We are back. We are Sports Take. He is Derek Gunn. He is Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. You can catch us each and every day, noon to three Eastern, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That's where you can also check out, as well as jacobsports.com. Uh, a lot of our old interviews that we've done uh, in the past over the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, 
last couple months uh, we've been doing the shows. So just hop on. You can check them out. You can check out the entire shows as well. It's, it's the beauty of uh, of the streaming um, you know venue that we are in. That's for sure, the digital side of this thing. Uh, good, always good talking to EJ. Uh, a little bit later in the show, we'll dive into the Eagles' defensive line. Barrett's going to do some – Give us some analysis from uh, what he saw up close and personal when he was out there on Wednesday at the NovaCare Complex. Again, Eagles don't start camp until July 26th, so that's when it it starts to get real again. Of course, then the season starts in September. Well, All right, so this, Rob, how about yeah. this, Rob? Look yeah, at man. this. Camp is seven weeks away, six and a half, seven weeks away. A guy like Jordan Davis. That's a lot of time not having the structure of being in camp, being around the team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we know that Wade has been an issue for him. Yeah. Um, Guys that, you know, don't, you know, may not work as hard as they do unless they have somebody looking over their shoulder. Not just, you know, just not just Jordan Davis, but I mean, a lot of guys on the team that don't necessarily come in and, and they need that structure. That's an awful lot of time, man. So, you know, this, you know, we talk about the debate of uh, whether the Eagles should, you know, take those last four days of camp. Yeah. Mandatory days of camp, you know, or not even having a mandatory uh, camp period. I mean, my, a man- mandatory OTA period. That's to me, you know, I mean, I don't know if this team is mature enough to do this. Yeah. You know what? That's an interesting point, Barrett. Um, I, I really hope a guy like Jordan Davis is living here in the city or in, in, in Philadelphia area, wherever he lives here, but in, in this area, and he's in the no, at the NovaCare complex right. every day. Uh, I really do, because you're right. I mean, you, you don't know what could end up happening. I remember uh, Jalen Rager's rookie year, he showed up and failed his physical because he yeah. wasn't in good yeah. enough shape. Yeah. And, and I, I worry about that with these guys. I think that's a really fair – that's a great point you bring up. This is a long period of time, man. I mean, we're – what is and it's just some experience. June 10th. Yeah, right. You lived it. I mean, we, you're right. We are legitimately a month and a half from those guys having to have the report here. Well, not only that, but these bigger guys, they have a little bit more money now, even though it's only OTA mini, a little bit more money. They're going to eat a little better now. They're going to be taking out their buddies. They eat a little bit better now. And, you know, they don't have a trainer. Nutrition is standing over the top of them uh, about keeping the weight down. Don't eat certain things. Eliminate foods that, that cause you to gain weight more rapidly go this route in terms of your diet so you can maintain and we can enhance it when you get back. It's almost like you have to start over from square one by the time training camp rolls around again. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, that's a great I mean, point. real, real talk, man, you know, you know, Kev joking, but man, that was, that was a major thing for me, bro. That was a major, major thing for me, you know, white castles and Chinese food, bro. I mean, Woo! I mean, I could afford it then, you know what I mean? I went from eating white, you know, I went from eating, literally I went from eating oodles and noodles Hamburger helper with no hamburger in them, so eating filet mignon and shrimp, mm. and you just you know it's just a different, different ideology about the foods I should consume and what I shouldn't consume, being afforded versus whether I didn't eat because I was just hungry because I had the money to eat, eating what I wanted to eat. No, those are all things, and at that time it wasn't as good as everything you know that they're doing now as far as keeping guys on a. Um, on a strict diet, you know, being able to go to the training table, you know, stuff like that. You know, th- th- that was – it wasn't thought about then. The only person that was doing that stuff then was Bill Romanowski, you know what I'm saying, yeah. him and yeah. his pill box. So, you know, they have readily available then to them a lot better means of eating better. You know, that's kind of what Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts came in, and you look at him, he looks like he's slimmed up. But he actually got more tone, got ripped up, 
You know what I'm saying? He looks better. You know, he he played a 220 last year. He really looks like Is he 220 he's, last year. Wow. Yeah. He's he's tightened up where he needed to tighten up. Huh. And his body looks like I mean he's shredded now, man. He's 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 the same, he's the same size, same size as far as weight, but he's built better now. You know what I'm saying? He has a physique now that looks like he put the work in and he worked his ass off. Yeah, that, I mean, that part's never in doubt with him, um, for sure. But you're right, Barry. I mean, I think the other thing that happens, too, sometimes, and I, and I don't mean every – I'm not talking about some undrafted rookie who, who you know, didn't get any kind of signing bonus. But, but a guy like Jordan Davis, frankly, could afford to have a chef or a personal oh, trainer yes. if, oh, you, yeah. if you really are trying to take this thing seriously or not. You know, I mean, it could. I'm not, I don't know if he does or he doesn't, but he could. Um, and the team also will send you – you know, essentially, you know, just a, a breakdown of here's what you should be eating. Here's what you should be doing. Right. right. I mean, but we, we know yeah, how that yeah. is. You know, well, Jordan Davis' mom is is, is going to be living with him. And, yeah. Right. And, you know, and you're, and you're right. You know, it seems that he's serious about watching his weight. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, he is. You know, you could tell he's serious about it because he came in looking a lot better than he even looked when I saw him at the Maxwell Awards up to, you know, where I saw him, you know, just this week. And he brought he, it up. He brought it up a ton when he was when uh, when he met with the media this past week or so. He brought it up a lot. His right. weight. He said, "Look, I know, I get it. I, this is different now. Now I'm a pro. Like I, I'm right. not. This is what yeah, I but do see, have, but see, having your mom live with you is good and bad. Yeah. Right. Now mom's now mom's going to look out for you, but when you're still 20, 21, 22, mom also makes your favorite meals because you're her baby. <laughs> and nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, those favorite moves, I mean those favorite foods are the worst foods that you can eat. They're greasy, yep. they're fat saturated. I mean, mm-hmm. it, you know, but you're gonna do it for your baby. You know, you'll make you can make what the baby wants. D gun don't mean you, mom. D gun doesn't mean you, mom, even though I yes, love Yes, the- I did. Are you I, calling I, out Mrs. Brooks? Is that no, what you're doing? No, no, no. Good oh, no, I'm, okay. I'm saying if right. Mrs. Brooks is the kind of mom I think she is. All Barrett had to say was, Mommy, can you make me my favorite meal? Hey, look, he knows what I'm talking about. See? Mommy, can you make this for me? Oh, yeah, baby, ain't I got like, you covered. Ain't nothing like some fried chicken, man. See, see there gravy, you go. There you go. corn. Oh, man, she makes some, you know, fresh hot water cornbread. You know, oh, hot like water cornbread. Stuff. Oh, yeah. my goodness. See, I mean, Ooh. nothing like it, bro. See? Oh, All man. the foods that are wrong for you. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And look, it, it's tough, too, because you also think when you're 21, 22, you're invincible. And, right, you know, right. frankly, you can burn stuff off a lot quicker than you can when you're 32, 33. I just hope I hope he gets it from a from a young age that the difference in you being in the league a long time and or being dominant and, or just being a guy could maybe right. be your weight. So just take it seriously, man. Like, you, you know, you can do what you want when you retire, but at yeah. least for these years, try and maximize, you know, what you can do here. I, I, he seems like a an aware enough kid. I, I like he also seems like a nice enough kid where I don't think he thinks right. he's bigger than like, like I, I think he kind of gets it. So uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful, but you're right, Barry. who knows, man. And it's not just him. It, it could right, be, right. it's, it's every one of these, especially the young guys, but you, if they pay attention and listen to some of the older dudes, they'll tell you, you know, how to, how to go about this thing the right way. Hopefully they do, but you know, they say youth is wasted on the young man. So who knows? Right. <laughs> who knows? If you I know, knew right? then what I know now. Amen. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right, so let, let's dig into the AFC here. This was not an easy chore. No, um, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. I, I really shocker at number two that you guys would be like, huh? Okay. I really went back and forth up top. Like, I I, I got to tell you, between the Chiefs, Bills, and the Bengals, I, I man, you know, I, I'm with the Bills, my logic is 
I really like the Bills, but are they always going to be that bridesmaid and never the – is it always going to be, oh, my God, look how close. Like Cleveland was in the 80s and 90s or 80s, if people can remember that far back. But, you know, it, that kind of thing. I don't Ricky, think that's Ricky the case. Days. Yeah. Yeah, Ernest <laughs> Biner and, you know, remember that oh, group. Yeah. Um, I wonder about that. I look at the Chiefs and I say, okay, well, they lost Tyreek Hill. But and, – and, you know, Mahomes, I – at times – looked human last year a few times where I thought he was forcing things and you know, can they get him back to being magical Mahomes? Um, And then I look at the Bengals and I say, okay, they went crazy last year, but was that just, they got on a little bit of a run, you know, ended up in in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I mean, and then, and then I'm like, don't discount a team like the Ravens. There's other teams. I, a team I'm totally writing off and I shouldn't be is probably the Steelers because I just don't like their Mm -hmm. quarterback situation, but they're really good defensively. So anyway, that that's my spiel on on the AFC. I'll get, give you my order in a second. But when you guys were going through this exercise, what were you what were you going through? I was going through the same thing, and and you can't get you you, you can't make this list just off quarterbacks, you know. And I know a lot of people that do these lists just go off the you know how good is your quarterback, but it's got to be the, the the totality of the teams. Mm-hmm. You got to look at all the teams and what they bring, the defense, the offense, offensive line, receivers, the targets, you know, the running backs, you know, um, you know, people rushing the passer. And that's what made it hard because, all right, everybody wants to think Denver, Denver, Denver. Denver got what you want. They got everything that you need as far as, um, you know, they got a quarterback now. They've got a pretty good defense. And – they got receivers to throw to. They got running backs. How does that fit all together? You know, so that that's that's what you know. That's what made my list a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And that's why I went in the direction I went. Yeah. Look, how about you, Gunner? What, what was the struggles that you went through when you were kind of trying to break this thing down? Whether to include Cincinnati or not, because Cincinnati finished with the ten and seven record, yet they made it to the Super Bowl. They had a picket fence offensive line quarterback Joe Burrow getting killed. And yet they got to the Super Bowl. Was it a fluke or is this team legit because of the offensive firepower they have both in the running game and the passing game as well? There's there's five teams I left off my list that could go deep into the playoffs this year. That's how difficult it was. Um, but I, I based my, my, my list on number one, teams that are also close, teams that if they were healthy last year would have made some noise in the playoffs. Um, my biggest concern – about three of my five teams that I put on my list is their defenses last year were middle of the road defenses. Yet they had the firepower to be heavyweights. Uh, but unfortunately, again, um, in a lot of cases, because of injuries, things bottomed out for them. So it was tough, man. I compiled like seven different lists um, in a span of a half hour based on will this team stay healthy? Was this team a fluke last year? Did they improve their defense? How much did they improve in terms of a way of the draft and free agency? It wasn't easy, man, because five of the teams that I left off my list would be legitimate contenders over in the NFC. Yep. That's how yep. tough it was. Uh, oh, 100%. Well, that, that's one of the things you realize when you're going through this is, man, especially the top of this conference is, is yep. far superior, in my opinion, to the NFC. Absolutely. Now, how All long right. was this list supposed to be? I, I, I five teams. Yeah, which would I mean, if you wanted five. to, okay, if you want to throw your other, you know, your six and seven in there, that's fine. I mean, you, you know, whatever. But the, the Broncos are another team that you, you sort of say to yourself, 
pretty good defense. Throw Russell Wilson in there. Like, yep. you know, what what are they going to look like here? And new coach, you know, et cetera. So, you know, you, you, you go back and forth. But anyway, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you mine, and you guys tell me kind of where, if, if I'm crazy, where, where you guys stand with this one. All right, so I go Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Ooh. Broncos. Mm-hmm. That's my five. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Broncos. I, then I threw like Colts, Chargers, Patriots, Steelers after that. But that was my that was my initial five. And believe me, like you could flip the, the, the first two. I, I really went back and forth with the Bills and the Chiefs. But that's my list. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's really what the conventional list is. And I'm thinking that from last year. That's how I would rank them last year. I, I think going into this year – um, I got I got a dark horse in there that you know I I don't think people are giving them enough credit. Okay, and uh, you know with 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 them having a new coach and understanding you know all about uh all about the the you know the the Patriot way. I don't see how you you don't uh, include them. You know, we're, we're, I'm, I'm talking about the Raiders. You know, what I'm saying the yeah. Raiders to me the Raiders man. They got it all. They've got it all. They got a, you know, Josh Daniels is their coach. He's not going to do the same thing he did by bringing in a Tim Tebow. This is not going to be that type of, he's not going to be that type. He's learned and, and, and went through those bumps and bruises. I think that Josh Daniels has a, a legit team. They went out and got Devontae Adams, um, you know, on you know as far as running the rock. They got Josh Jacobs. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Kenyon Drake. They got some people that they can tote the rock. Yep. Um, you know, they have a, uh, probably you know a, a top two tight end and Darren Waller. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean that you know, just that alone puts him up there. Hunter Riffro is one of the best um, route running wide receivers in the league. In the league, he's yep. he's, he's dominant. You know, what I saying? agree. So you know, um, they they went out got backpack boy Mac Hollins backpack like, boy. You know? <laughs> so you know, I mean they they're gonna be good, man. A lot of people. I counted, but then you know, what really puts me puts me in a sense that this team is ready to go. They went out, got Chandler Jones to rush opposite, yeah. you know, of, of, of Crosby. That's yeah, a that, lot. That, of that, that's a good combo right there, man. Right, yeah. you know, what I'm saying? Chandler Jones and, and 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 Max Crosby, you know, and I already like what they have at um, you know, in the secondary. They went out and um and cherry picked um, Yassine, um, Rock Yassine. Yeah, Temple. Remember Temple guy, you know, yeah. Temple. yeah. Yep. Well, they, Barrett, Indianapolis. They're a, they're so hard to gauge off of last year because, I mean, my God, man, the stuff that went on with that organization, and they but, still were good enough to make it to the playoffs. I mean, whoa! But yeah, I hear. But it. that's a major reason why I put them number two. So you have them two? Wow, two. Woo! So, that's yeah, high, so, man. So I went Bills, Raiders, Chiefs. Then I went Bengals. Then I went Broncos. Damn. Which means I left out the Chargers and the Ravens, you, Ravens, you yeah, Titans, Miami, and then Steelers. I I will say I'm surprised you have the Raiders that high. That that's oh yeah. I, I mean I knew, but I mean, okay. realistically, man, those. I mean, just the list alone I just told you about. They they have everything they need, you know. And then I think um, Jonathan Abrams. It, people don't realize how good that kid is. He's a thumper. He's he a makes hitter. you aware of where he's he an is. old he's an old school hitter. Yeah, yeah. You got to make sure you know exactly where he is, and 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 you know and 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 you know he's 
he's he's that guy that you know that's gonna have that defense going and playing at a high level, man. So that's why I put I picked them number two because they went through all that adversity last year, still made the playoffs. And it's not like they just won the last four games. I mean it's like five or six games they won to get to the playoffs. Give me give me your um five one more time. Give one Bills, okay. Raiders, Chiefs, Bengals, Broncos. All right, interesting list. So, Gunner, where tell me where you're at with this and, and hearing Barrett and I. Well, first, first of all, the five teams that did not make that did not did not make my final list that were on one of my many initial lists were Chargers, Indianapolis, Tennessee, Patriots, and Denver. They did not make my five my my final list for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went Buffalo number one because the Buffalo came out of the gate last year in five of the first six games they scored thirty plus points. They are the number one ranked defense in the league. They have arguably the best safety tandem in Jordan Poyer, who the Eagles gave up on, yes. and Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde is legit pro bowler every year. Yep. You know, they have Stephon Diggs, but look at the defense. They got Ed Oliver, Shaq Lawson. Mm. They got some great – and then they drafted that kid, Kyra Elam, to start a cornerback for him as well. Yep. And and so they, I just think they're going to be the creme, creme de la creme. My number two team is Kansas City. Yes, they lost to Cheetah, but they went out and picked up um, you know, uh, Marcus Valdez scanning Juju Smith Schuster, and th- people don't even talk about Miko Hartman, who's a very good wide receiver. He can really yeah. step up. He was and just Georgia, lost in the he's shadows. a speed guy, he's a yes, cheater. Yes, he, he was just lost in the shadows of Tyreek Hill. Mm. Yeah, my, my big now, Kansas City had the third ranked defense uh, overall, they averaged almost 29 points a game. Anytime you keep you keep Patrick Mahomes upright and breathing with the creativity that he can do playground football and the fact that their offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, that combination is dangerous every time they step out on the football field. They're going to put up – they're going to press a defense 28, 38 points a game. My number three team, believe it or not, was eight and nine last year, but Baltimore is my number three team. Mm-hmm. Here's three. One. Wow. Number three. three. Okay. Baltimore lost their top three running backs last year. And yet Baltimore, of course, obviously because of Lamar Jackson, they still finished with the third best rushing attack in the NFL in almost 146 yards a game, okay? Mm-hmm. They had the number six overall offense. Now, they got J.K. Dobbins coming back. You got Gus Edwards, two, two tough running backs. You got Marcus Peters back there. Now, people don't know this. I've been keeping this under wrap. The safety they pick up, Mark, Marcus Williams, mm-hmm. the Eagles basically had a deal done for Marcus Williams. And in the 11th hour, Baltimore came in and stole him. From the Eagles, I, I, so you got yeah, you got big. you got Marcus Williams and you got Mar- Marlon Humphreys on yeah, the other side. They're nasty back there. They got they that nasty on that back end. Yep. Okay, my number four team is Cincinnati, and this team is a team that I have a big question mark about. They won a division at ten and seven. Their offensive line is a sieve, but because they have Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd and Hayden Hurst uh, for Joe Burrow to throw to, this team ended up in the Super Bowl and. As bad as the offensive line was, they averaged twenty-seven points a game. They had the uh, only the number. The offense overall was only number thirteen in the league last year, but they were scoring twenty-seven points a game, which helped them get a lot of where to go. Now, my number five team is a team you guys both talked about is the Raiders. You know the event, the addition of Devontae Adams is huge. Will Devontae Adams have that same type of relationship with Derek Carr as he had with Aaron Rodgers? That remains to be seen. But the Raiders have so much. I mean, they, they got the two running backs. Um, you know, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs are bangers between the tackle. Um, Crosby Chandler, and I love their linebacker, uh, Denzel Perryman. I love their wheel linebacker. They yes, have, yes. You know, um, so they can bang. But see, 
Raiders were a middle-of-the-road defense. Yep. Baltimore was a middle-of-the-road defense. Cincinnati was a middle-of-the-road defense, and so was Kansas City. So four of my five teams, the defense, defense is a suspect. Now, going back to Kansas City for just a moment, I forgot to add this. We know Clyde, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the number one. I forgot all about they picked up Ronald Jones from Tampa Bay. Oh, that's right. To compliment right. it. And, you know, we all know what Ronald Jones can do. Yeah, he's a good So player. offensively, so those are my five. Buffalo, Kansas City, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and the Raiders. Somehow, someway, I could not get the Chargers, Indy, Tennessee, Patriots, and Denver on that list, on my final list. Well, let me add. shocking to me. My fault. Yeah, my fault. yeah no, go ahead, back. What's shocking to me, none of us picked the Chargers yes. up there. You know, I mean, and, and the Chargers at this point, you know, I mean, there's 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 looking like they might be able to compete, man. I mean, you know, Jalen, what's his name? Jaden Jalen Guyton. That's a four three guy, right? Mm-hmm. Straight right. speed. Uh, big Mike Williams, consistent deep threat. Love you Mike know, Williams. Big, yeah. You know, a big target. Um, they are, they got the old man Keenan Allen is still one of the best route yeah. runners. Yeah. Create separation all the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they got, you know, their offensive line is already good. You know, Sean Slater, one of the best tackles, young tackles in the league. Uh, they went out and got uh, Zion Johnson, you know, got him in the first round. Yeah. You know, and, and he, you know, he, he he's a guy that I watched. You know, I, I did a game. I did a Toledo game. And we're talking about a guy that's massive, six foot seven, like 320, comes off the rock. You know what I'm saying? A mountain of a dude, bro. You know, and they got him in the first round. So they just solidified, you know, both bookends. You know, for their quarterback, okay. um, you know, yep. defensive side of the ball, they went and got um, uh, you know, some help. Yeah, you know, they got they, they got another complimentary. Uh, uh, they, they got um, Khalil Mack, right? Did they get Khalil Mack? Yeah, yeah, but you know what, Khalil Mack has not been the same player yeah. since the first year he signed that monster contract with Detroit, uh, with Chicago. He's yeah. enough, though. He's enough, and then yeah. partner him with uh, Bosa, Kenneth, uh, yeah, Bosa. But man, people are forgot about how good Kenneth Murray was. You know, remember him yes, from Oklahoma? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but here's why I can't pick the Chargers. I've been following the Chargers a long time. Every time I open my mouth and say this is the year the Chargers, they find a way to choke. <laughs> Every doggone year, they find hey, you know, a way to choke. But I will say, boy's son, Asante Samuel Jr. He's, yes. He he did a good year. In yeah, terms did. of upside, Herbert's got crazy. I mean, he could he could go into a different stratosphere. No oh, question. Yeah. He's no that question. good. But let me ask you guys about the Ravens. Because I do think everything, Gunner, you laid out is, you know, right. Certainly right on. Do we believe that Lamar Jackson can win a Super Bowl? There lies the problem. I don't know. Right? I mean, ultimately, let's say he's got to throw in a playoff game. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, you're, you're taking – they're doing whatever. The team's doing a good job against their running attack. And he's got to throw you to a win. Yes. You're down two or three touchdowns, whatever. Right, right. I that's what I I just need to see it. I'm not saying no, but I'm not mm-hmm. sold that he can either. Oh, and by the way, the guy with a Hollywood Robin, uh, Hollywood, uh, what's his name? Brown, um, Brown, Brown, Brown. Hollywood Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know when it comes to Lamar Lamar Jackson because I think he would try to win a game more so with his legs than his and than his uh, arm. And he has a great arm; he can throw it a country mile. Mm-hmm. But at a crucial point in the game. Better defenses are going to start defending for you trying to take. Now, the man's a magician. He's Houdini when he takes off, slipping under uh, what would appear to be sacks, taking off running, outrunning pursuit angles to pick up additional yards. And if he gets an open field, you can kiss it goodbye. But I want to see my quarterback be more complete, throw, throw the ball down the field to your targets and get you there. I don't know if he can do that consistently. So you're right. That's, that's a huge question mark. But 
I, I do believe if Baltimore had been healthy last year, they lost a lot of players due to injuries. If they had been healthy last year, I do think, number one, they would have won a division, and I do believe they would have been in that AFC championship game somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. I like but their they, defense, man. I do, I too. Do so. Even though the numbers weren't impressive on their defense, they were like in the middle of the pack defensively last year. They, they were beat up. Corners. Yeah, they, they were beat up. Yeah. They, they were lost. a mess with the yes. injuries last year. They lost the, both starting corners, the top three running backs, and they still won eight out of 17 games somehow. Yeah. You know? yeah. So yeah. Yeah. That's a tribute yeah. to the coach. But yes. yeah, back. They lost Marcus Peters. They lost yes. um, Humphreys. Yes, they did. Um, you know, their safeties, you know, Chuck Clark, you know, you said that he might, I mean, what's his name? Uh, EJ said that he's somebody that they might, uh, they might get jettison, you know what sure. I'm saying? With, with them bringing in Kyle Hamilton, you know, I, I love that kid, man. I love this ability to play, yeah. but you know, their starting center is, is the, was the best center in the draft. Um, I think our guys, you know, up there with them, but you know, um, Tyler Linderbaum, Linderbaum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good player, Iowa guy. You know, them, them were nasty players. Bro. They're another yeah. one. We talked yeah. about Wisconsin. Yeah. They produce a lot of good offensive linemen. <laughs> yeah. Iowa. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the, the AFC is is just nasty, just nasty, bro, mm. just nasty. Yeah, imagine, imagine putting half of those teams over in the NFC. Oh, they, they, they would dominate. They would dominate. Oh, it, it's a de- it's deep too. That it, it, when you, I mean, we're leaving out a lot of these teams that are really yes. good, and and we're discounting the Patriots, which you never want to do with Belichick. And they were ten or seven last I year. Know, I no, know. I know. We're we're, letting, we're we're leaving out the best running back uh, in the NFL with the Titans. Yes. You know, come on. Yes. But right I'm on. not a big I'm not a big Tannehill. They were the number one seed, about, by the way, last yeah. year. Right. <laughs> I'm not a big Tannehill fan, especially without AJ Brown. I'm not either. I, I, don't think, know. I, I think there's a ceiling with that guy. Like Absolutely. He's, he's not going to kill you. He's, I don't he's, know. he's fine. But he's and how many how many picks did he throw in that AFC championship? I agree game? with you. Like there, <laughs> there, it's, Derek, I'll apply the same thing. If they're if they're somehow taking away Derek Henry or you're down big, yes. can he throw you into you know, yes. can he win you a game throwing? I, no. I don't I'm not don't, sold he can. No, no, yeah, hundred no. percent. I think De- I think Denver is the X factor. They have a proven mm-hmm. winner at quarterback. Yep. They are so deep in pass catchers. But for some reason, Denver finds a way to falter. I mean, they was they were seven and ten last year. Obviously, they didn't have Russell Wilson. Right. Russell Wilson changes the whole complexion of how you attack a defense now. Yes, sir. But can they get it done? See, that's the, that's a big thing for me. Can they get it done in the Mile High City? I I, I don't know. And, and it's amazing because Denver, out of seven lists I came up with. Denver Denver was on four of my seven lists. Mm-hmm. When I compiled my final list, Denver didn't make the cut for for a number of reasons. They squeaked in. I had them at I had them at five, but I mean they just okay. squeaked in for me. I and I I also think the Colts are a little dangerous. I I'm not I agree. I'm not telling you they're great, but I agree. I'm, they're dangerous, man. I don't like yeah. the receiving. I don't like the receiving core. I love their running game. Yeah. I love their physicality on both Rock sides of the D line. Yeah, the defense overall. I'm not in love with their with their um with their pass catchers. Yep. And Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan is a proven quarterback. Now Matt Ryan to me is like a Kirk Cousins. He can't win the big game. Hasn't won the big game. And obviously, you can't put all that on a quarterback's shoulders because there's so many other intangibles that happen that cause these things. But Matt Ryan, you know, has got got to show that he can win a big game. And with the pass collection of pass catchers they have, eh, I'm not impressed. Bro, I got it. and Hillary can't stay healthy. I mean, all they have is uh Pittman Jr. Michael Pittman Jr. That's all they have. I don't understand what he's I mean, he's is that Andy Reid 2.0 when like he was in film? I know. Yeah. Is it is it is it does right think the system can any you can just produce with anybody? I, right. I am with you, Barrett. I don't 
that to me, if you're looking at an issue, it, it's going to be explosiveness for them. Like you, you know what Taylor's going to bring to the table, but but who is who's your explosion guy? I, I mean, exactly. They have nobody. I'm looking at. They have a bunch of nobodies. I, I don't see yep. any of them. You know, I mean, Paris Campbell. Eh, he hasn't done anything since he's been in the league. Yeah. Um, I I, I don't see it, bro. Maybe somebody. I mean, Pittman's solid, me. but you're right. He's not. He's not elite, and he doesn't right. have help. So you're gonna, he's gonna get to see a lot of attention, you know, for sure. A lot of, yep. but hey, Matt Ryan's the guy to get it to him, though. Yeah, for no doubt, no doubt. All right, we'll come back. Uh, let, let's dig a little bit into the Eagles' defensive line, and and Barrett, how you think these guys are going to be utilized? You know, what from a depth perspective, what this is going to look like. So we'll get into the Eagles' defense when we get back. All right, a lot more in store. And by the way, the movie reviews a little bit later. NBA Finals. Another receiver gets paid in the NFL, Ooh. and. And this day, 15 years ago, something pretty significant happened in uh, in TV history. So we'll do that as well. Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. 
go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What up, everybody? Hour number three of the program. We are Sports Take. Join us each and every Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 Eastern, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He's Derek Gunn. He's Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. I, I, I enjoy, and I mean this sincerely, looking at the debates in the in the comment section, you know, with people uh, just kind of jumping on some of the stuff that we're talking about in terms of the AFC. You know, people stating their cases and, and why one team's going to be good and, you know, guys to watch and all that kind of right, stuff. It's very right. cool. I love it. I love it. So keep up uh, keep up the good work, everybody, in the uh, – in the comment section. All right. Um, Barry, we talked, we were talking about this in our, in our pre-show uh, meeting that we do each and every day. And you brought up the Eagles defensive line and just some of the observations, uh, you know, some of the stuff that you saw on Wednesday when you were out there and how you think, you know, this thing may be utilized. We were talking about e- with EJ Smith a little bit earlier, and we've talked about this quite a bit too. The, the, the usage of how these guys are going to, how you're going to incorporate them in odd fronts, even fronts, uh, you know, five-man front, three-man front, sometimes four-man front. How do you think this kind of plays out in terms of depth and who could be in for a rude awakening in terms of playing time, et cetera? I mean, it's perfect for, you know, the defensive line that that, um, that Gannon wants. You know, he wants a guy – he wants a line that's going to be – well, he wants a front that you can play all three types of front. You got a 50 front, 30 front, a 40 front. Explain what and, that means. And, to people yeah, who and that just means – Five defensive linemen is the 50 front. 30 front is three defensive linemen. And that just means, you know, it really depends on where you line your guys up. A 50 front meaning that's usually what we call a bear front or Navajo front. That means the center is covered by a defensive lineman, a nose guard, and the two tackles are on the guards. That makes it hard for you to go up and get linebackers because there's nowhere you – I mean, it's usually the defensive tackles, I mean, uh, uh, the offensive guards that go get the um, – the line, the uh, linebackers, but you know, in the fifty front, all those guys are covered, and then on the outside, over your tackles, on, as far as rush ends or rush linebackers, you can say consider them either def- you can have a defensive lineman or a, 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 a you know a defensive end or a linebacker defensive end on the outside. So that potentially that's five defensive linemen. Now, what killed the Eagles last year and really put Gannon behind the buck is his inability to stop productive first downs by offenses offenses were averaging like five to six yards on first down you're automatically behind the sticks then because if you have to stop a team second and four or third and two i mean that's like throwing you know that's like throwing an alley-oop that's a slam Mm -hmm. dunk you know it's just too easy to run your offenses because your playbook and 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 when you're when you're first and ten or second and ten in third and 10, it goes down like this. But if when you have third and one, third and two, you know, third and four, now you have a lot more plays you can run to get that first down. So that was the biggest issue this Eagles defense had last year was their inability to stop uh, offenses on first down from being successful. With a 50 front and a 30 front, you're less apt to do that because now, number one, you usually have better athletes on the field. You got rush-ins that are linebacker-esque. Then you have two linebackers lined up over the top of you. There's more people in the box, 
and you got the big guy sitting right there in the middle in the interior of that defense, and you can't just run up the middle like they were last year. And that's a lot of the problem that, you know, a guy like Fletcher Cox had because he wanted to get up the field and, and, and make plays and one gap things. And you can't do that if you have a defense in which you want to keep the linebackers clean so they can make plays. So when Fletcher jumped up the field, it created a chasm between his gap and the guy next to him's gap. And they were just running through those gaps. So now that Fletcher understands what the directive of, 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 of the defense, you know, what the directive is, I got to stay in my gap. I got to press the issue, make sure I'm keeping these linebackers clean. Now these guys can go out there and make plays. Now they're more apt to go out there and make plays. So, you know, it's just going to, it's going to lead to guys playing fresher because now you can rotate guys. They have a lot of guys that can play a lot of guys that are good. I mean, you guys were talking about Milton Williams a lot. He could virtually play 30 snaps a game with Fletcher Cox playing 30 snaps a game with, Javon Hargrave playing 30 snaps a game with Brandon Graham playing 30 snaps a game. If you're only playing that many snaps a game, mm-hmm. that means you can maximize your effort on every single play. You can go all out on every single play, knowing that you're not going to be in for a lot of the time in the game. Especially in the fourth quarter. Exactly. You're going to be fresher going into the fourth yep. quarter because you didn't have to go out there and play the entire game. It's not like you're going out there and averaging 50, 60 plays a game. How you only get 30. Barrett, how effective do you think Fletcher Cox is going to be this year? If they go by what I think they're going to do and play him on, you know, play him sparingly, well, not necessarily sparingly, but play him in a rotation, he could be very effective. Hmm. I mean, you can come in on 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 first down, go in there, make a play. Now it's now it's second and ten. And then he might go off the field. They bring in Milton Williams on second and ten. Then now you got third, you know, third and eight. When you got third and eight, you bring Fletcher Cox back in, line him up at the group next to Brandon Graham, who, by the way, is going to get about 20 snaps a game. You know, so imagine how fresh he's going to be, but only playing third, you know, 20 snaps a game. Hmm. Now he's rushing hmm. in their NASCAR package. Now, now you have now you have um Hassan Reddick on one side. On the other side, you got Brandon Graham. Or you could kick Brandon Graham in and have him play the three technique. You could put Sweat outside, or you could put, you know, uh, you know, Derek Barnett on the outside. Then you have, you know, Hargraves sitting in there sometimes. I mean, you could just run so many different multiple fronts that it'll be hard to really block it. And, and also hard for an offensive line because you don't know what they're going to bring out there. They might bring out there, you look and you see, all right, they got five defensive linemen out here. What well, is not five defensive linemen because you got a linebacker and Hassan Reddick, you know, that that's going to become a lineman. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, it's just hard for, you know, to get a bead on what they're trying to do to you as an offensive lineman. So your calls are going to be kind of messed up because you don't know who to block because you don't know what position they're playing at that point. They might bring in Hassan Reddick thinking he's, you know, he's a um, defensive end, and all of a sudden they drop him put him over the tight end, bring out the tackle, and now he's head up over the – now they have an over front, which is a basic 40 front, a four down front with a, um, with three linebackers in there. It's hard to pick up those type of things when you get a beat on what the defensive coordinator is doing against you when you're an offensive lineman trying to make <laughs> your calls and make, you know, specific guys you want to drink. Like, even, all right, you want to go in? All right, who was it? Um, you know, Seven's the mic. Seven's the mic. That's that's Son Reddick. Seven's the mic. Seven's the right uh, mic. Then all of a sudden he moves out on the 
on the um on the outside that plays defensive end, you slide that that um that defensive end all the way down to the three technique. Now it's a 50 front. A 50 front, your rules are totally different from a 40 front. They're totally different from a 30 front. Because now you got to block five on five. The five defensive linemen, the found the five guys on the line, and now those linebackers are basically um, basically free. If if a running back's not picking them up, they're usually hot, and you can generate a lot of pressure with those type of fronts. All right, I I love this. Okay, I I love hearing this. I love the fresh bullets that you keep firing. You know, all all of this. I love it. Let me play devil's advocate. Is there any disadvantage? Are you? I don't mean completely playing overworking somebody, but to being out there and, and working up that lather and being in a rhythm, being yanked all the time. Is there, is there a downside to that? There is a downside because some guys, that's how they play. They want just like you get a running back. He, he doesn't get better until after his 20th carry. After his 20th carry, now he's breaking, um, breaking runs, you know, breaking runs. You know, you get those type of instances where you got a guy that wants to rush back. Like BG, I see BG as one of those type of guys. Hmm. Brandon gets better as the game goes on when he's rushing the pass because now he's getting a bead on what this guy is doing to him. Now he can counter those things that he's been uh, that that he knows this guy can't block. So he gets better as the game as the um, as the reps go more because he's he's steady picking you apart on what he does best and what you don't do best, and he can really analyze what you're doing. So you can really take advantage of his shortcomings because you know what his shortcomings are. When you're going off the field every other play, you really don't get a bead on what he's doing. But you got guys that, you know, that are that are they're specialists. You know, a guy can go out there and just rush the pass. That's all I want you to do to rush the pass. And Fletcher Cox could be that guy. That's all Fletcher, all I want you to do is get out there, get in your three-point stance, get up the field, create havoc. He can do that all day. But then you got a guy like Jordan, Jordan Davis. He want to put him right up over the nose and tell him, you just take this, 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 this center and you just kick his ass all game. Right. That's all I want you to do. Yeah, let everybody else you know, make the play. Exactly. The so if he's doing yeah. that, they're going to say, all right, hey, man, I need somebody to help me. So now you got two people blocking Jordan Davis. That means that linebacker's free. In mm. all these different scenarios that can be run, you know, to be run depending on what personnel package you have out there. And and I know they're doing it because of when, I, when I'm at practice, I see the way they break groups up. It used to be last year that the defensive line were all together. That means defensive ends, Defensive tackles, you know, nose guard, all those guys are one one um, position. When I watched practice uh, the other day, the rush ends, the defensive ends, and the rush linebackers, the Hassan Reddick, both of the Johnsons, uh, Matt Leo, who's going to be a pretty good player too. You know, re- remember I said that name, Matt Leo. Matt okay. Leo. Um, even though he has a nasty number, it's number sixty six. That's a nasty. <laughs> that was Bill Berge, man. Berge yeah, back oh. in the day. Well, Berkey could get away with it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was a tough SOB, but he just can't, he's going to have to switch that up. You but, don't uh, see a lot of linebackers wearing 66 anymore. Right, man. right. Was, was, but yeah. you see those guys in the same group. Like Brandon yeah. Graham and, and Hassan Reddick were in the same group. You know what I'm saying? They were yeah. in the same group. So that means, you know, that to me that indicates there's going to be a lot of 50 fronts and 30 fronts because of those guys are in the same group, because you're grouping them as defensive end slash linebacker S type of players. Mm. So it just gives you a lot more versatility in how you do things. And they're doing drills to try to get them used to try to get them used to being out there on an edge and a linebacker type of scenario where he may drop or a rushing scenario where he has to, you know, get up the field and and create pressure and his responsibility (laughs) on stopping the run because they still got to stop the run also. 
Man, when I hear you, and, and look, it, this, that's an addition to the moves that they made. But when I hear you talk like that, I, I can't wait to see this defense. I, I, I wonder, I just hope Gannon's up to all of this. Like, it, it feels yep. like you need a real uh, savant slight, slash genius to be able to pull this off. I, I don't know. I, <laughs> right. I, like, this sounds, that potentially, man, they have more ver- versatility than almost any defensive front in football. Well, they do. They no. do, but you you have to be able to execute it. You got to find guys that that fit in there. Also, you know, if you don't have guys to fit in, what yeah. you're trying to do is off or not. See, it's, it's crazy because you know, um, when you look at Hargrave, Javon Hargrave came from a three-four system. He was a three-down guy. He came from a thirty-front. That's what the Steelers are. He played the nose, even though he was a small nose. He played nose guard, head up on the center. So he's used to playing in that capacity. That's why he just started, you know, any part of the year before and then last year that he came into his own as far as being a really good guy, you know, in that system. He he was probably the best um, defensive uh, lineman we had last year as far as, you know, penetrating and, and, and rushing the passer. You know, he, he was basically that guy. He was that dude. But, you know, he can't play that nose position. Fletch has never played that position. Fletch is more so a guy that's going to be on a three technique, getting up the field, eating up blockers, creating havoc. That's what he is. That's what he's been doing his entire career. BG played that because, remember, he had Bradley here with Chip. Mm-hmm. He had to play that linebacker position, so he understands a little bit on how to play the linebacker position. It's just like riding a bike. Mm-hmm. He can play linebacker position slash defensive end, so he'll be straight. You know, so, I mean, there's so many different scenarios in which guys have played in this system before that they're going to transition, you know, pretty seamlessly. But the good thing is Fletch will be only playing a limited amount of time. And when he's in there, I can totally see him maximize his potential and getting up and creating havoc whenever he gets an opportunity to be in the game. Unless unless Howie gets the mindset, we're paying Fletcher $14 million. We got to get our money's worth out of him. Mm. You know, and, and you know, we, the last couple of years we've heard the stories about when Doug Peterson was here about how he had final say in the 53-man roster. I hope Howie stays away from this and let the coaches do what they're being paid to do and let them come up with the schemes, let them come up with what's the best in certain situations and, and just worry about the money aspect uh, of what he's, what this team is supposed to be and what you're trying to do to help enhance the product. Let the coaches coach. If I think if Howie gets more involved in the decision-making process, it could have messed the whole thing up. <laughs> uh, you know what? Derek, that's fair. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's making 14 million a year. Is he going to play 28% of the snaps? I don't know. I'm just throwing yeah. a random number yeah. out there. I, I just I do wonder about that if that doesn't come into play. If I hope he's not overlording like that. Like I really hope he's not, you know, how he's not saying to Jonathan Gannon, come on, man. Like he only got X amount of snaps. You know, it, it's got to be game by game where you where you figure this thing out. I, they're, look, they're paying Derek Barnett a, a decent amount of uh, whatever. I, I, where I does know. he fit? Yeah, where does he fit? Exactly. I mean, I, I don't know. Are you going to try and justify Jordan Davis more than, than you normally would? Because, you know, he's a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. All these are fair questions yeah. to ask, yeah. you know? I mean, it's a good thing you built – it looks like a, a diversified defensive line with a lot of depth where you could do a lot of different things with these guys. Absolutely. But also, how much does the, the political stuff, for lack of a better word, come into play? Well, it always comes into play, man. You know, yeah. you're paying a guy, you want to get your money's worth. You know, you want to get that, hey, man, you're not doing enough. I need you to go out there and, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and, and that's that's the nature, of, you know, how things go in the NFL. Yeah. No question that's about the it. That's how it goes.
Yeah. All right. So let's let's uh, ju- let's step aside, and when we come back, we'll get our movie review caps on Barrett. We'll do that with uh, Jurassic World, and I'll give you Hustle, the Adam Sandler uh, Netflix movie. Uh, I looked at that. I watched that last night. We'll did, dive into that. LeBron wants to be an owner. We'll we'll touch on that. And a little news coming down from uh, from the Commanders. Oh and, yeah, and, as well, based on uh, some of the stuff we've spoken about this week with Jack Del Rio. So we'll update you on that as well don't go anywhere barrett brooks Derek gunn rob ellis we are sports take jacob sports youtube network Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Final segment of the show. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. All right, so guys, uh, let me let me start with this one as we as we dive into the open talk here. 
the Washington Commanders have handed down a $100,000 fine to uh, defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio. Let me give you the statement from Ron Rivera, their head coach. Uh, they put out a little while earlier, quote, this morning I met with Coach Del Rio to express how disappointed I am in his comments on Wednesday. His comments do not reflect the organization's views and are extremely hurtful to our great community here in the DMV. As we saw last night in the hearings, what happened on the Capitol, <clears throat> excuse me, on the Capitol on January 6, 2021, was an act of domestic terrorism. A group of citizens attempted to overturn the results of a free and fair election, and as a result, Lives were lost and the Capitol building was damaged. Coach Del Rio did apologize for his comments on Wednesday, and he understands the distinction between the events of that dark day and peaceful protest, which are a hallmark of our democracy. He does have the right to voice his opinion as a citizen of the United States, and it most certainly is his constitutional right to do so. However, uh, the words have However, words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people in our community. I want to make it clear that our organization will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demanded justice in the wake of George Floyd's murder and the actions of those January 6th who sought to topple our government. After reflection, reflecting on the situation and circumstances, I have decided to fine Coach Del Rio $100,000, which the team will donate to the United States Capitol Police Memorial Fund. I feel strongly that after our conversation this morning, he will have a greater understanding for the impact of his language and values that our team stands for. So they uh, they hit him in the pocketbook. There is an acknowledgement from the head coach who brought him in, uh, and the organization is uh, taking action. Uh, he is not fired, but he is still there. So there it is. What a what a dumpster fire that organization is. I mean, they get more publicity and notoriety for stuff happening off the field than yeah. what they do on the football field. Yeah, they're notorious. That's it's, what they are. You know, we talk about how bad the Giants are as a football team, but the Giants at least don't get these embarrassing situations like Washington does. And I'm almost at a point where you may need a clean house, and I mean from ownership down, except for Ron Rivera. I do, I do think Ron Rivera is a stand-up guy, um, and I do think um, I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. But you almost need a clean house from – from the owner to the, to the people that make the decisions upstairs and just start, start fresh, man, because nothing, nothing seems to go right for this team, you know, uh, over the last five, six, seven years. I'm glad they, I'm glad they hit Del Rio uh, in the, in the pocketbook. Uh, I, you know, I kind of wish they would have suspended him for X amount of games. Even that's what know? I was looking for. That's you what know? I was, that's what I was looking for. You gotta be is this. And this is not some 20 year old kid making this statement. This is an older guy who understands what's going on, who's well aware of how words can penetrate and pierce through social media and how people can twist and turn it and, and enhance what you're saying. You have to be a lot smarter than that. Uh, I want to see the statement coming out saying he's had a closed-door meeting with his players, and then, of course, we're going to hear certain things that leak out eventually about what that closed-door meeting entails. So I don't think this is over for Del Rio. He still needs to go behind closed doors and have a powwow with a lot of players, especially the African-American players on that team. Yeah, I I, um, I think the, the common thread here with this team over the years has been Daniel Snyder. And as long as he's there, you're going to continue to have this kind of thing, these kind of issues uh, with this team. And it's always going to be off the yeah. field stuff. And it's never yeah. about what's happening. The, the the stadium they built there is, is a piece of junk. He's, you know, I mean, we could just go on and on and on. But yeah, I. I figured this is the least they could do for Del Rio. Um, it would have 
it would have been interesting if they had suspended him um, based off of this. But uh, I, I'm with you, get both of you guys. I don't know how this plays in the in the locker room going forward. If there's a trust factor that, that that's been broken, a bond that's been broken. I don't know. Maybe they get over it. Maybe it was early enough in the offseason that you can get over it. If this had happened during the year, would it have been worse? I don't know. But it, it, it's clearly uh, clearly a tone-deaf guy made those kind of statements, and now he's doing it because he got so much backlash. I, I don't I don't buy that this is where he is from the bottom of his heart or anything. I, mean, I think he's doing this because he has to do it in Ron Rivera. Mm. I mean, I'm sorry, in Jack Del Rio, not Rivera. But that's just kind of the way I view it. But mm. at least there's something. There's some kind of acknowledgement coming from the team itself. Uh, regarding uh, Del Rio. All right, so uh, a couple a couple other odds and ends here. LeBron wants to buy a team and put it in Vegas, an NBA team. He is, mm. We mentioned earlier he's part of the uh, – he's now one of a, a billionaire at this point, uh, Forbes had. And by the way, you know Tiger Woods is too. He just joined that, that oh, group. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Tiger is as well. But, uh, yeah, LeBron's got a piece of the Manchester. Red Sox. Yeah, Manchester and the Red Sox. And so he's now looking – he can't do it till he retires, by the way. So he can't do it now in the NBA. Um, but he wants to put a team in Vegas, which feels like it's only a matter of time with, mm-hmm. you know, with the Raiders there and the uh, hockey team there. It's only a matter of time for the NBA for sure. I can see him getting together with Magic and both of them going in and buying a team. Man. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, I, the only I just Magic's such a loyal Laker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you're yeah. right, Barrett. It, he's got the kind of coin. He's done so well in business that he could certainly do it. Or uh, Shaq. Shaq makes sense. Shaq's, Shaq's close to being a billionaire. I yeah. bet you he is with the amount of uh, endorsements that he has. Every commercial is Shaq. Yeah. Every single <laughs> commercial you watch is Shaq in some capacity, man. It's wild. Right, right, right. It went from George Foreman to, to Shaq now. Oh, man. It is amazing. Yes. All right. Well, but there's a couple other things to get into, but I want to get your review, Barrett, without, you know, giving too much away here. We understand. We don't want to ruin it for people, but. Give me what you thought. You saw Jurassic uh, Jurassic World last night in the movie. Yeah, Jurassic World uh, Dominion. Yeah, I, I like it. I'm, I'm a Jurassic fan, um, Park fan. I love how um, I love how the you know dynamic. It's like I'm looking at, at real dinosaurs when I'm looking at it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the effects are everything. Unreal. That, I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm. unreal, man. The way they sound, everything. I'm, like I'm I'm thinking I've seen real dinosaurs dinosaurs before. <laughs> that's how that's how realistic all this stuff is, man. And I know a bunch of this stuff is a little far fetched. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like the uh the you know the the uh, the need for not the need for speed but the um the uh Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious franchise kind yeah. of the same thing. You know, they go above and beyond with the you know, all the, you know, stunts and everything, but man, it's real, man. You know, I mean, it's almost like we, it's almost like I was watching a show that was real, you know, as far as everything on it, 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 it was a good, I like the storyline also. The storyline is really, really good. Um, You know, it was, it was, it was, it was all right, man. It was all right. I mean, just the, the chases and, you know, I mean, of course, you know, Raptors are always going to play a major part in it, man, but the, the way the Raptors, we're chasing people and everything. It, it was it was really I like it. It was a good movie to me, man. So okay. so so basically, you're saying when you look at how many Jurassic Parks, Jurassic Worlds there have been made. And I guess this is the finale, if I'm correct. This is the finale of the series. Well, unless this does really well, somehow yeah. there will be yeah. another finale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but 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 you enjoyed it. It wasn't too watered down. The storyline no, was no, okay. No. They combined the original cast with uh, with the, with the current cast of the last few movies. Yep. So the storyline storyline held your interest from start to finish. It held up. It definitely held up. Okay. Okay. 
All right, uh, that's uh, it's good. So check it out. Uh, Barrett gives it a good thumbs up here. Um, I, all right, so I'll go with um, uh, Hustle, which I watched last night on Netflix. It's the Adam Sandler movie. It's based in Philadelphia. He is a he's a scout slash coach, uh, a guy who who is trying to find that next guy. Like he's mining every you know foreign country, just trying to come up with somebody somewhere, right? And he's getting a lot of heat. I don't want to give too much away, but he's getting a lot of heat from his owner. To, to find that guy. Okay. And he stumbles upon this dude who he brings over to the U S and he's trying to get him ready uh, for the combine. Okay. And get on the radar of NBA teams because he didn't play college ball or, you know, didn't play over in, in any of the big time European leagues, et cetera. So he's trying to get this guy ready. It's a movie filled with cameos. Like Kenny Smith has a pretty big role in it and he's good in it. Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. as an actor, just as an actor. Uh, Dr. Dr. J is in it, plays a a critical uh, role in it, even though he's not in it a ton, plays a critical role, but like uh, Billy King's in it. AI makes an appearance. Uh, Trey Young makes an appearance. Like we could go on and on and on. Like they're every, you name it, old school, big, you know, who's also, (laughs) who's also really good. Anthony Edwards, the, the Minnesota Timberwolves player Uh is really good in it. Okay, he's really. I'm, wow. just, I'm not gonna give too much away, but he's really good at it. the The guy who plays this this prospect that that Adam Sandler finds, uh, the the character's name is Bo Cruz. He was a, a player who, in real life, I think had a tryout with the Celtics or the Jazz and didn't quite make it. But he's, I think he's like bouncing around G League in Europe and all that. He's really good, man. He's really good at it. Um, it it's a, I I like the movie. I would say good, not great. Um, I would definitely say it's not a waste of your time by any stretch. And if you love basketball, you'll appreciate it. If you, if you love the city of Philadelphia, I think it really shows the city in a great light uh, on a lot of different fronts. And it's not just total cliched, like running up the art museum steps and all that kind of stuff. It's not just that. And Sandler's good in it. You can tell Sandler's a, a fan of basketball and knows it. And it's, uh, I liked it. I, I would say it's worth your time. It's not spectacular, but it's good. Is the is the best way I put it. Nobody gets to We're so we're so used to seeing Adam Sandler in comedy roles. So yeah. you're saying he makes a transition into a believable role as a you know, because we see video clips all the time of him actually playing basketball. He plays all the in time. Gym, you know, with, with like stars, entertainer stars, ex NBA stars. So you you you're you're saying he's yeah. believable as this scout slash coach? He is. Uh, he okay. he is a, he's um it's not to say there isn't some humor in it. Like he, he does have some humorous stuff in it, but he's right. it's definitely more of a serious role. Um, but yes, it's, and he works for the Sixers and there's a lot of um, art imitating life with uh, organizational dysfunction. <laughs> right. Okay? Yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot of that kind of stuff in it, but it, it's mm. good. It's um, Randall's asking how long I don't remember Randall. Exactly. It's a, it's about, hour and a half two hours I, I i don't know exactly how long it was it was I, it wasn't one of those things where i was looking at my watch like is this almost over like i enjoyed it so i i would say i'd say good not great is the best way to put it well, but definitely, yeah, okay yeah well that's why look again you like hoops you, you'll enjoy watching it I can the just venue was that. a long movie it's like two and a half hours oh really yeah, yeah jurassic yeah. park's that long yeah it was like two and a half hours okay all right all right so uh yeah i, I would tell people to watch so we get game four tonight guys what's our sense here with the Warriors and the Celtics last game, Celtics win. Uh, Steph got a little banged up, but it looks like he's going to play. Got to get rolled up on in a pile. 
Um, but it looks like he's going to be able to play. I, I feel like a warrior bounce back. Uh, where do you guys fall on this one? I think they get him again. Boston again, go up 3-1. He's yeah. sticking Whoa. with his 3-1 guns. Okay. I think this is such an unpredictable series. And, and like I said off the top of this show, I'm enjoying watching the contrast in styles um, because you don't know whoever who's going to get the hot hand at any given moment. Um, you know, Golden State has only shot well in one of the three games so far. Yeah. You know they're going to have one of those breakout games. Klay Thompson came back and hit 25 points last night. He had been a no-show the first couple of games. Seems to have found his groove. You got to get Jordan Poole going, you know, uh, as well. I, I, I think – I said it before. I think this is going to be a seven-game series. Um, Barrett has been almost prophetic up to this point. He picked him to win the first game. He's calling it 3-1. He's been sticking with his 3-1 guns. But I'm with you, Rob. Because this series is so unpredictable and the home court doesn't mean much of anything to these two teams, I, I'm, I'm going to lean towards Golden State bouncing back, making it 2-2, um, and, and going back home to their crazy fans. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, it feels like that to me. Um, you know, that the, they're going to have to get help. It can't just be the Steph Clay show. No, like, no. Somebody's got to step up here for Golden State. I mean – you know, Draymond's like a net zero in terms of your know, yeah, ability to yeah. score on offense, but somebody up Looney, the Jordan Poole's Looney's Looney, gonna go, yes. Yeah, that group, uh, yeah, they got to give them something here, man. And if they don't get it, Boston's going to win again. So oh, yeah, they got to step their game up, that's for sure. But it should be interesting tonight. And it's, So game four is tonight. Game five would be Sunday. Uh, and that, that would go mm-hmm. – is it 2-3-2 two, two, or is it go back to Golden State? I, I'll, I'll check. I think it's 1-1-1 one, one, one after this. I think it's one 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 as well. Yeah. Um, I'm actually I'm going to pull it up right now as we speak. So the, all right. So the way the schedule breaks down, yeah, it's it would be yes, back to Golden State on. Oh, actually, it'd be Monday, not Sunday. Excuse me. So it'd be Monday, Thursday, Sunday. Man, do they spread this out? Jeez. Mm. So yeah, that, that's maximize it, man. I know, man. Get it, get it. Uh, go take it as long as they can get it. All right. So uh, a couple other things. Hunter Renfro. Gets two years, $32 million extension, 21 of which is guaranteed. He had 102 catches last year. Now he's going to have Devontae Adams. Uh, he's got Darren Waller. That's a pretty good threesome right there that the, the Derek Carr's got to throw to, man. Mm, that's why I said, man, it is Hunter Riffro is a master. He, he's, he's just like he's just like the kid with the Rams, bro. He yeah. runs precise routes. He knows how to get open. Mm-hmm. He reads the defense so fast and adjusts to him and able to get open. And those guys are on, on the cues as far as, you know, being tied at the hip. So, I mean, I, I, that's why I picked the uh, the Raiders. I mean, I, I like the way Hunter Riffro plays. Even when he was with – uh. When he was with um, uh, you know, um, when he was in college with yeah, uh, Clemson. All he Clemson. did was make plays. That's right. all the guy did. <laughs> yeah, and big plays too. He caught the ball in the championship. Yeah, yeah the, yeah. the Watson throw to the corner of the end zone. He caught yep. it right at the pylon. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, no question. So he ends up getting paid. Um, Tom Brady didn't. He was pressed yesterday. You remember the rumors about the Dolphins and he, yeah. he may be going there and all that. So. He was pressed about that, and he didn't deny it. He, if if it was true I, or untrue, excuse me, I think he would have denied it right away. He sort of gave you the, hey, you talk to a lot of people in the off season. You never know what's what. No, you know this and that. You know, meanwhile, you were still under contract technically, right? Even but whatever. It sounds like to me, if this stuff didn't go down with Brian Flores, like the the lawsuit and everything else that you know is still up in the air right now, he may have been a dolphin. It, it yep. sort of feels like that vibe to me. 
and there was just too much smoke there for him to get involved in, you know, what that may end up being. Man, if he had gone to Miami with the weapons they have now on offense down there, that makes them a legitimate Super Bowl contender right out of the gate. Imagine being in Tom Brady's shoes, though, man. Everybody wants a piece of you. People throwing potential money at you, potential front office positions at you. Uh, yeah, man, everywhere you tough. turn, it's tough at, for us, man. It's tough for us. I'm telling you, man. At the age of at the age of 45. At 45. Usually they're saying, "Yeah, there's the door, man." At 45. Uh, at 35, they're telling you, "There's the door." It's cr- his career is unlike any career we've ever seen. Oh my goodness. Any anything. There's nothing that compares to it. No, unless 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 you say like a Magic Johnson. I mean, I mean, I mean, um, a Michael Jordan. Like, like it may be a Michael Jordan. Um. Man, maybe. You know, Jordan won six championships. Now he's the owner of Charlotte. Um, he's had more endorsement deals than you know what to do with in his lifetime. But Tom Brady takes it to a you know, because Michael Jordan didn't play until he was 45, you know. But Tom Brady takes it to a whole new level in terms of people wanting a piece of you, man. Uh, at, a, at, a, at, a, at a stage in his life when he should be out playing with the kids, out yachting somewhere, joining the Hamptons, so on and forth. I mean, that, that's. Man, that, that's a fairy tale life right there. Well, I think something we've realized is Brady's not a big fan of being home. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know, right, right. As yeah. much as it, I want to drive the kids to school. Oh, okay. That lasted about 15 minutes. And then he realized, nah, <laughs> I don't really want to be driving the kid. Let Giselle and the and the staff handle that. I'm right, good. right. Yeah. So uh yeah. So to be, Brady to be honest, if if I had made the kind of money he's made, won the kind of championships he's won, yeah, I would have I would have rolled off into the sunset maybe 41, 42 to be able to spend more time with the kids, to do what I wanted to do, whether it's just to sip, sit on the back porch and, and drink a glass of iced tea, go fishing, go hunt, whatever you do. Man, I would love to be able to do that at that stage. I mean, I applaud his competitive juices, um, but at some point it's like, to me, enough is enough. What else do you want? I just, I just feel like you're also, uh, and maybe this is what makes him great and you know, I don't have the right mentality for this, but I feel like, we can't think like he thinks. We no, I know. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it like two things. One, dude, you've done it for 20 something years in, without, you know, a real serious injury. I know he had the knee injury the one year, but he came right. back. But, um, and, and do you, you don't, not, I don't know if he would tarnish the image is probably the wrong. He's done too much to do that, but you don't want to look like a less, a lesser version of yourself. Get out while you're still on yeah, top. Yeah. But he's just got a different mindset than, than we do, you know? That's he's not sure. he's not playing for what we're playing for. Like he, he he's not playing for just money. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, he's it's, not, it's he's, competitive fire and legacy. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's not even the rings anymore. It's it's because he wants to do it, and because we're talking about it, that's why he's pissed off and wants to go out there and do it. Yeah, you know. No, what I'm saying? I, I think that's fair. No, I think that's I think you're right, Barrett. I think your read on it is is dead on. All right, so I wanted to hit you guys with this. I don't know how big of fans you were, but um, 15 years ago was the series finale of The Sopranos. Ooh. And not a lot of people love the, the the way it ended. So if you remember the final scene, um, the family is in like a little um, diner, yep. diner-ish kind of place. And and Tony Soprano's there, the wife is there and his son, and the daughter is is kind of like pulling up her car. It was a, She was trying to parallel park. And, you know, then she walks in. And every second they're looking up like, well, where is she? Is this going to be her? Is this going to be her? Whatever. And then she finally gets there and then boom, it just cut out. And a lot of people are like, I actually didn't mind it because I think what he was trying to portray was you're always looking over your back. 
Like anybody who busted into that diner could have been coming and gunning for yeah. him and taking him out as opposed to just, oh, here's my daughter. Let's enjoy a meal or whatever. But a lot of people, I think, wanted like a blood and guts last scene. Right, kind of thing. right, 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 right. I, I was OK with the way it ended, but a lot of people didn't like it. I, I, I was I was like I was ticked off. I was like waiting for this climatic end ending. <laughs> and I'm like, what? That's it. That's yeah. how you end this. I, I was I was so ticked off, man, because I, one part of me thought, OK, well, that leaves the door open for a, a sequel of some kind, you know? Yes. Um, and then, of course, what's the, uh, James Gandolfo? James Gandolfo. He, yeah, yeah, he died. Yeah, he died in real yeah. life, which I think, you, Gunner, you're right. There would have been had he yeah. not passed. Yeah, yes. I, I think that opened the door for a sequel, which was, which you know would have been mega viewership. Um, but I was disappointed that that was how they decided to close out that, that particular series. Yeah, I I think Barrett that the wire probably throw Breaking Bad um, are are, my, are definitely my top five. I mean, without question, my top five. <laughs> I mean, they're goats. I you know I I, I was never really I'm not really a um, I don't watch stuff like that too much. You don't watch a lot of series. No, I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, you yeah. know, You're more I was, of a movie uh, kind of sports guy. Well, you know, I I like I like car shows, man. I am a you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm just a Motor Trend guy. My, my, my TV's always on Motor Trend. It's always on Motor Trend. That's all I watch is Motor Trend. Huh. Motor Trend is, 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 you know, car racing, you know, fixing cars, putting cars together, um, engines, motors, uh, motorcycle racing, putting motorcycles together, building motorcycles, building trucks. You know, that that's my thing. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that type of stuff. I will sit down and watch shows like that all day are you a oh. diy guy too because i know you're handy do you watch a lot of that like fixing I, up houses and i stuff? will watch D- diy but i also like to watch um um uh two two series i do watch it's um i watch um what do you call it um grill masters oh, oh um i love the one pit pit masters, pit masters. yeah pit man i watch that one and yeah. i also watch this show uh where they may build they uh make knives um and, and build um, knives. Yeah. the stream knows what what is it? I'm also part of Power now. I do watch Power too. You know what I'm saying? They, they, what do they do? They make knives. Yes. Um. Um. What it's called? Furnace? Not. No. It's um. Oh my goodness! What the stream's supposed to be? They're supposed to have it. What is it? Right, um, who who watches this? Uh, they build swords. They you know. Okay. What is it called? Let me see. I, all right. Well, <laughs> see, I'm a, I'm a simple man of simple means. I yeah. love I love shows like. Swamp People, uh, River River Monsters. Uh, I watch River Monsters. Yeah, that River guy traveling that Brit, that British. Yeah, Forge and Fire is it Forge, Forge and, fi- and Fire? Forge and Fire. Props yeah. to East Side Monster. Yes, props. Sir. Here we props go. Yeah, and, um, and uh, I love shows like uh, the final, the Last Frontier. Uh, shows uh, people living in Alaska off the land. I'm like, you know what? You take a special <laughs> mind to want to move to Alaska Where's and cold? live off the land and build your own house and all this. I'm like, man. Unless you on the run from the law, I ain't going to Alaska, bro. I can't. I can't nah, do it. Too much. But then, cold, but then my wife gets me hooked on a couple of these shows. My wife and my daughter likes to watch them, where you know these couples go in and they renovate these people's houses, and you see how the complete renovation and how it looks compared to the way it was, you know. And there's a one show I can't think of the name of it, where the two hosts, a man and a woman, try to get the couple to decide. You know, the woman is like, okay, stay you stay or leave or stay. Yeah, or stay. Yeah. yeah. You know, either you we, we go buy this house over here. This is what you're looking for. Where the other person says, "Well, I can renovate your house and show you this, that, or the other." I love those those shows as well. Is that yeah. love it or list it? 
Yeah, is that, yeah, is that that's it? Okay. it. Love it or listen. Yeah, okay. stuff like that. I, yeah, and I, I like those too. I, I'm a, I'm a sucker for any kind of like cop, uh, like Dateline, Forty Eight Hours, yeah. Twenty Twenty. That, that you got me. Like I'm in. <laughs> I love that. Picture stuff, that. Man. Picture yeah. that. You know yeah. that that seems like your thing right there. That is my kind of thing. I, I'm, I also I'm watch F1 racing though. You know what I'm saying? F1. Racing. We know you. So what's Yo. where's the next one at? Uh, let me see, man. I gotta check, man. I know, I know. Um, you and Xander love love the F one. Uh, let me see. Uh, F one. It's right if you're alley, man. I mean, I, I love it, man. I mean, just you know how fast some cars go and everything, bro. It's this weekend too. Hey, Bear, Bear, my other favorite, my other favorite show, Barrett, is uh, Major League Fishing. On the outdoor oh channel, I love Major League Fishing, the bass fishing competition. Right, right, right. All the big names. I, I, I you see your boy in there sometimes. Who? Uh, uh, Mike Cole, Cole. Oh, Trent Cole is on there. Trent Cole's on that. Occasionally, yeah. now he's on there now. Wow, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah, he's a big time guy. That's for sure. That's awesome, man. Love, love Trent. We had him on the uh, show. Not all now, that now, long ago. Now the shows I can't watch. Baku. I cannot Baku watch. Baku and Azerbaijan. Okay. Oh wow. The shows I cannot watch, my wife will watch this show. It's called um, 90, 90 Day Fiance. Have you seen this one? No, no. These people hook up, you know, and get together, and they decide whether they get it married, and then all of a sudden the family gets involved and try to try to destroy, you know, one person from a different country, and you wonder, are you trying to get to America just, so, you know, are you trying to marry an American just so you can get an American visa? Oh. I mean, this show is like this show is like like any kind of bachelor. I'm at. But, like but I don't bachelor. I don't want anything to yes. do with it. Get me out of here. You know, like, a show I, I cannot watch is like the the, 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 the um, Kardashians. I can't. Uh, watch no, that. my good. Oh my goodness. I, I, I can't stand. No. Oh, oh my goodness. Any of it. it. I'm, I'm with you. Like it, it is. That's. I I will sit there with nothing. I would rather watch nothing. I'd rather just sit outside and just you know take a nature and. That's true. Somebody. Oh, I got a question. Is this a Dallas Cowboys? Is that a real question? Really? Are What's we that? asking that? Where's that? Philly five five. Rob wearing a Dallas. Ah, yeah. no, yes, yes, he is Philly. No, it's it's the actually the warm ups that we wore when we played in our labor classic. Barrett and I played <laughs> cowboy shirt. Come on, man. Come on. Well, you guys. know what though, Rob? The way you're sitting right now, it does. It look does like look a like a top of a yeah, star. It's, it's not. Trust me, it's not. I would. I would. I'd be shirtless, and I do that. I'd torture you guys being shirtless for three hours before <laughs> I would do that. Okay. They tried you yesterday too, saying you had a um a Celtic green on. I know. What are we doing? Come on, you guys know me better than that. <laughs> there, there's another show I cannot stand. It's Jersey Shore. No, I oh. cannot watch those. That show oh. make me no, want thank to puke. You. No, thank you. You no, know. You. Oh my oh. goodness. I'm like, how did you people get on TV? Absolutely. How's that possible? All right, we got to roll, fellas. We got to roll. It's been a fun week. Uh, we'll be back at it Monday at noon. Uh, we're coming up next, the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. He's got you at 3 Eastern. Don't go anywhere. I want to thank our producer, Xander Krause. Guys, great job this week. Derek, Barrett, always fun hanging with you, man. Yeah, man. Likewise. Be safe, everybody. Have a great weekend, and we will see you guys on Monday. Have a great week.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.